Welcome back, Bench Warmers. This is episode 16 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. My name is Nico Bryant. Alongside me is Jimmy Pilato. We have an absolute banger of an episode this week, man. It's th- it's Thanksgiving week, man. There's so many good things to talk about. Talk about NBA free agency, on the draft a little bit as well. Talk about football. Both of our teams, uh, Jimmy had a very tough week. I had a little bit better week talking football-wise, but we'll get into all that. Jimmy with his Joe Burrow center of attention as well. He, he goes in on the left guard on Michael Jordan, I think it's Micah Jordan, maybe it's Michael Jordan, whatever it may be. Um, he's, he's a football player and it should not have that name either way, but this episode has a lot of good stuff. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, at FEOTVPod. We're on TikTok, too. No, I don't shake my ass in front of TikTok, but you can check all the clips that we have from all the, from all our episodes on YouTube because we're on YouTube as well. So without further ado, it's Thursday. If you guys are listening on YouTube, get yourself your, your turkey with a side of sweet potatoes and kick back and listen to, to the boys talk a little bit about sports. If you actually know Thanksgiving food, you should be getting a side of mashed potatoes. Nico eats sweet potatoes, but that's yeah, I like a little sweet with my turkey and gravy. I've had a large mouth pass bust my line a couple beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie been fired by Benchwarmers, I got to come clean. It was not a good weekend. Uh, this was the first weekend in a while that I actually wished that football didn't exist because I went through some pain on Sunday. It was not fun. Uh, Joe Burrow is injured. If you didn't watch any football on Sunday, you probably still heard. It woke me up out of my early slate nap. I was just getting into a good groove and heard that he got taken out. Ryan Finley had to get put in, and honestly, that's, that's bad. And that's on you, Michael Jordan. You are the reason that this is as bad as, bad as it is. Given it's going to be a blessing in disguise. Listen, it's been a tough week. Let me let me bring you back. I need need to give you some Monday motivation. This will be better in the long run for the Bengals because now it's realistic that they could lose the rest of their games and get a higher draft pick and draft an offensive lineman who can help not have this happen again. It is going to be a good thing, but right now we need to rally around the fact that Micah Jordan sucks as an offensive lineman. Except that we're going to be bad. We're going to be the worst team in the league, hopefully, for the next couple weeks because that's going to help us out in the long run. But this is a bad it was a bad weekend and it was one of the t- one of the better guys in the game so today uh get taken out and end his season early so it was a tough weekend but we're gonna get we're gonna get back who day Bengals, Bengals nation who day what's going on bench rumors yeah jimmy's had a little bit of a tough week i know he's had a tough week man but it's thanksgiving man it's it's a fantastic week man you, get, you got family around everyone man i hope everyone's staying safe out there what a week um, even though your quarterback down went down, it, you, got, you can't help but be happy this week. It is going to end up being a good week, and I got VIP parking when I showed up today. I got the closest spot at uh, your place where we record, and and you know it's it was a bad weekend, but it it brought some forth some new alignments. I realize now that Alex Redman is no longer on the Cincinnati Bengals. If you follow my Twitter account, you know that I kind of called him out and said that he made the injury way worse than it was. He got cut to cut a year ago. Actually, he got cut in September. So he was. He, he, and the funniest part was is that he took the time out of his day to direct message me and be and start calling me a hater and all the things. He was obviously upset. I don't normally call people out like that. I was analyzing his blocking technique, but I got a Twitter beef now. He didn't even have the decency to have it out in public. He decided to private message me. But Alex Redman, he, he, you took the bullets for Micah Jordan, but 
you got nothing better to do either. I don't I don't know what you're expecting from me. I don't know why you did, you decided that it was worth your time to take to try and come attack me and make me feel stupid. I know what I'm doing. That's what, that's what our job as a podcaster and like an analyst in this field. Or we're our job is to talk about bad plays. And if you were in on, on that play, you had a bad play. So I, I don't I stand behind what I said about the play. I stand behind the fact that Alex or not Alex, Micah Jordan got Joe Burrow hurt. I. I mean, that's that's the part that's the part where it's tricky with athletes. You don't know where it's okay for them to come back at you, or if you're being a little bit too harsh. I feel like that was a little bit stupid. It, it, it's going to be it's an inter- it was an interesting day, Nico. Yeah, I'm not you, you just had your everything rushed to your head, and it was just a it was a moment where time lapsed. Just you were just so upset about everything that happened, and it made sense. I mean, it, our, our our platform is based off the fact that we are fans. We do know a little, like, we talk and give our opinion on the game, but I'm a fan first. And I was upset as a fan that that, was it, that happened um, in the first place. He shouldn't have been in that situation. You shouldn't, as an NFL left guard, you shouldn't get beaten like that. And then you really shouldn't, as an offensive lineman, don't put anybody towards your quarterback's legs. Nothing good happens there. It's like the first thing you're taught when you're in, when you're six years old. It was very, it was eerily reminiscent to when Carson Palmer blew his ACL, and I can still remember that vividly. It, that was the same feeling that I had. My heart just dropped when I heard the update. Joe Burrow has been taken off the field with an apparent leg injury, and Ryan Finley. I didn't even, I completely missed Joe Burrow off the bat. I didn't hear that he was the one who was taken off on the cart. Then I hear Ryan Finley, and I, all of a sudden it clicked in my head, and I was like. No! Yeah, it couldn't have been worse. God, man. why? We'll, we'll talk about that more in a minute, but um, for all the YouTube listeners out there, because we have a YouTube show now, too. I mean, it, we post all of our videos on there. We post Center Attention, which you heard Jimmy um, just now. You'll hear that next Monday. Um, but I, for all the viewers out there, I'm wearing my GCU jersey. I told y'all I have a very vast jersey collection. So I'm going to be coming in with new heat every week. And this week, college basketball is back. I, I love these college basketball. My GCU Pelopes play Grambling or Gambling State. I don't know Grambling or Gambling State on Wednesday. Um, we we have a new coach is near Bryce Drew. Hopefully it goes well. Um, I'm hopeful we we have a one best returners back Oscar Freyer who didn't play last year. Alessandro Laver um, who was our, who was one of the all or all preseason whack players of the year. So. Um, we have a lot of good returners. I'm hopeful this year we can make a deep tournament run, but a lot of good things there, so i got to rep my GCU boys. I, I, I get it. I'm, I'm repping my college, too. I'm, rep, I'm repping the Mountaineers, Western. Um, that's going to be fun. College basketball is, is a lot it's of fun. great week of games, too. I missed it. I was going to go three for three. I was about to go I was about to go through, back to back to back. Um, we did a pick em for March Madness on the radio show when I was on it for the last three years. We did it for two years. We didn't get to do it last year. Undefeated. And I don't watch college basketball throughout the season, so I was I was hoping to go three peat. I'll have to roll it over and into this year. When we do something for that, that'll be fun for me. Yeah, that'll be something we'll be, we'll do in March. We'll constantly interact, especially with bowl season, with college football, and then college basketball season. Like we said, there's so many great teams, and you never really know who's going to come out of college basketball as well. But we'll get into all that too, man. Like we said, um, it's Thanksgiving week, so uh, one thing I want to I want to touch on is. Uh, be safe in your turkey bowls. I got myself a turkey bowl with, with some with some friends too, man. Uh, it's a great time. Uh, I know I, 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 that's the most competitive I can get nowadays because I don't have a my my uh I have my little basketball team, but we went two and one. But now the most competitiveness I can get is my turkey bowl every year. So it is what it that's is. That's gonna be, be. Make sure you stretch. 
Because oh, <laughs> I started feeling it as it, going through football. I can't. I got stressed before I do anything outside of outside of the norm of fit, of my normal physical activity. Be sure there's going to be a lot of blown hamstrings, a lot of ice packs on shoulders, some frozen peas maybe. Don't cook all yeah, the peas. Yeah, I, I can, I can lift still like pretty heavy, but I cannot run anymore. That's for sure. And, my and legs no, or knees are bad. And if if the two hand touch suddenly turns into full contact oh, turkey bowl, you're going to really feel that the next day. I mean, it, it sucked when you were playing, but this is going to be twice as bad because no pads and you haven't been conditioned to it yet. Right. But remember, we used to beat the crap out of each other for two weeks down in Florida every year, and then we'd get into the regular season. We were the only youth football team that had a 15-week regular season. It was, it was strange. Yeah, I don't know how we used to do that considering how our bodies are now, but that's probably why our bodies that's, are so Yeah, that's probably now. what put us in the position. That's probably why both of us have CTE and are stuck doing podcasts now. <laughs> I know, it's CTE, and then we have to articulate ourselves, and that, that just takes it to a whole other realm of difficult. Exactly. We're lucky there's two of us because we bounce each other off, and we both say stupid things that we don't second get, that don't go through our heads yeah. completely. It's good to have a sounding board. Always good to have a sounding board. Plus, we've been, I mean, we've been friends for a long time. We've yeah. been around each other for a long time. So that's, we, remember, we remember um, practicing on Thanksgiving for um, state championship game yep. and playoffs as well. So it's always a great time to have football on Thanksgiving. love football on Thanksgiving. I, I love the three games that the NFL gives you now. It, honestly, even though the Cowboys and Lions suck, it is nice to wake up on Thanksgiving Day and know that you have a Cowboys and Lions game to exactly. watch. I, it, it has been such a tough year, everything-wise. Like, I mean, I'll personally, and then... Obviously, with the pandemic and the quarantine, it hasn't been the easiest time, but there are still good things that came out. Like, we started the podcast, we both graduated, which was something that was made really difficult by the fact that we got sent home exactly. three weeks before before everything. So, like, as tough as it, as it has been, at least, you know, we could be thankful for some good things that have been happening, and it, it gave us the opportunity to maybe do things that we weren't going to have the opportunity before everything happened. So. Exactly. You got you to gotta take what... Life gives you and run with it, that's for sure. But, I mean, without further ado, though, let's get into everything because there's so much to talk about. We're going to have a lot to talk uh, about the NBA. Um, we're, we're, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's start with the biggest uh, football story of the weekend, which was Indiana-Ohio State. Um, we'll, we'll start on college football um, aspect there. Indiana only lost by seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was a little bit of a blowout at the beginning, but Indiana's instantly way back. It was an interesting game. It was on it. It was uh... – it ended up being as good of a game as I thought it was going to be um, leading into it. I was live tweeting it if you were following along, so I know there was some pessimism and, and stuff being said. Uh, they did come back, and, and Tom Allen proved to me why he's not necessarily the best schematic coach in college football, but I think he's one of the best just player, just all-around coaches in college football because he got his team to come back uh, looking at the box score like, Ohio State came and at the end of the second quarter it looked rough. It was oh, it looked very It was twenty eight to seven. It, terrible. it was that was we, we talked so much shit about it being a twenty one point spread. They go into halftime down twenty one points and go, Oh well, maybe Vegas does know what they're doing a little bit. Um, but hey, they cover still. Uh, they uh, they still did cover I knew they were gonna cover. There was, that, there was no shot. That's what I was what what I was getting at, like Tom Allen and they started showing clips from the locker room. He is gonna be if you're an Indiana football fan, you got to hope you hold on to him. I don't think he's going anywhere. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, I mean, I was, like we talked about um, with our guest a few weeks back on the Masters episode, Jeremy Fear, who's an Indiana grad. Um, John, Tom Allen is from Indiana, so mm-hmm. more than likely he's going to stay there. I hope he doesn't leave. Um, he doesn't look like he'll ever leave to another Big Ten school. I think the only place he'd probably go is back to the SEC. Um, where he went to Mississippi, or he coached at Mississippi State, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that's the only place I could see him leaving. But either way, like, 
he's set in stone. That program is in the right direction. But like we said, it's it was too big of a jump. They're, too yeah, big of a they're jump. not there yet. I mean, not we thought yet. they this was a this was a show me how good you are game, and we did. I I do think that uh, Michael Penix is a pretty good college quarterback. He made some really incredible throws that uh, there's not a lot of the top quarterbacks that we talk about can make those throws. Mm-hmm. So he did play well. Um, but outside of like Michael Penix Jr. and their defense is really good. You don't know anybody like they don't have a, a single really weapon that you can go to, and then that's ultimately what caused the outcome. Because Justin Fields is a dynamic weapon, but he also has Master Teague in the backfield, great receivers. Garrett Wilson had 169 yards receiving on seven receptions, so he he absolutely went off. That was who scored the first touchdown. Yeah. Um, so the, there's just weapons that Indiana is missing at this point. You you got the culture, you got a quarterback and a playmaker. Now you got to get the pieces around them to be that college football playoff contender. Yeah, there's a reason why uh, Justin Fields is arguably the number two best quarterback. I mean, he probably is the number two best quarterback coming out of this year, yeah. um, going to the draft next year. But like Ohio State's weapons have, are there just because of the culture they built for so many years. Indiana is still growing there. I hope they didn't knock out of the top ten because they had played their asses off and they were eight last week. Hopefully, they're still in that ten range, top ten range. But I don't know. Um, but it's still going to be. In a second. They, be... I, they definitely are out of the playoff now, unfortunately, just because um, they're in the same division as Ohio State, and they won't have a chance at the Big Ten championship. So they dropped to twelve. Northwestern moved up to eleven after beating um, Wisconsin. Uh, so that, that that makes sense to me. They did drop below okay. Northwestern out of the top ten. Um, another team that is now out of playoff contention. We talk about Bedlam. And I, I, I apologize because I told you to pick Oklahoma State in our beats of the week. That's one of the really bad ones that we've had so far. That was a tough one. That was it's a, a terrible, very tough one. terrible beat. And I apologize if you listen to me and put money on that. Looking at the all-time record, I think Oklahoma State's won a total of seven times. Yeah. Out of an eighty-year rivalry, it's not necessarily not a rivalry. It's, it's a state rivalry, but I'll talk about it as we're recording this. It'll be tomorrow, but uh. You'll listen to it Friday on the Air Raid Attack podcast. I'm sure we'll get we'll talk about Bedlam because he's based out of Oklahoma, and I got to get my two cents in on how can it be a rivalry if a team's only won seven times. But the Big Twelve completely out of playoff contention, unless like we've been saying, chaos at the top. Chaos at the top negates every everything that we've said so far. Anybody can make it in at that point. If the SEC and ACC have both two lost champions, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I know that. Like you said, there has to be chaos. There absolutely has to be chaos, but. With the season dwindling down to the end now, it's very tough to see that, though. It's yeah. very, very tough to see that. I don't think it's... I mean, you got... Like we keep saying, Iron Bowl is a possibility for chaos. There's always a possibility Notre Dame doesn't take somebody seriously, but uh, Big 12 is is now out because you're going to have a two-loss conference champion, probably Oklahoma. They seem to have found themselves a little bit... Probably going to see a rematch of Oklahoma-Texas in the Big 12 championship. Which will be a good game, but it probably won't mean anything for the top four. Though, no, so. that'll that'd probably be like a Rose Bowl or maybe um, a Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl. One of the Always. one of the ones that they don't make a yeah. playoff semifinal. Um, but either way, that's it's going to be. There's like we said, the whole top to bottom college football is very very good this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, it, 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 since there's a bunch of very solid teams, really, but like, there's obviously the top heavy. It's very very top heavy. Um, who knows what Clemson is going to look like coming back now. Trevor Lawrence is going to be back. and um, that, that really sucks for them that they missed out on last week. Um, yeah. The Florida State decided to postpone their game. One team I'm looking at now, especially since they were able to beat Georgia and earn their spot in the conference championship game, I want to see Florida. I mean, I know that they've played already, but Kyle Trask, quarterback, has inserted himself into the Heisman race, put himself pretty high in the Heisman race, I think. 
and could possibly be moving himself up draft boards too. But Kyle Trask out of Florida is making me really want to see the Gators go up and take on Alabama in an SEC championship game. Uh, you're going to get two SEC schools that way if Florida ends up getting in, getting beating Alabama and getting into the playoff. But Florida could possibly make it in. I would love I still, that. Yeah, I would love to see some new blood. Yeah, I would love it to would see be some new it blood. would be awesome to see somebody new in there. BYU and Cincinnati, I think, are, are off my list because Cincinnati is a great game against Central Florida, and that's another really good team in your conference. But you can't, if you're going to be the group of five team, you can't struggle with anybody. Yeah. You got to blow everybody out. And BYU refused. They tweet out in September, anybody, any place, anywhere, and then they turn down an offer to play Washington. Are you are you are you serious? You yeah. turn down a, an offer to a Pac-12 school? Both, both them and Nebraska are frauds. Nebraska, big loss against Illinois as well, man. Like. Nebraska, thanks for bringing football back, but you have done nothing this year. Yeah, you That's got the biggest save of the season, but you suck any anyway yeah, anywhere not, else. You're not. CU is better than you. I just hope you know that. CU Nebraska rivalry is still real. And oh, the Buffs are better than you. Shout out Mike Lynn because he did play at Creek. We both played with him for a season. He's out playing offensive line for Nebraska. So shout out Mike Lynn. But yeah. everybody else in everybody Nebraska, else hey, rocks. the N stands for knowledge. Remember that. Um, <laughs> everybody else kid rocks. But um, let's go. Let's go football. Um, after talking basketball, because there's a lot, and I mean a lot, to talk about basketball. So I kind of yeah, I kind of gave you free reign for this one because I I know you've been paying yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for turning the Woj notifications off on the far end of the bench. Yeah, I I I made your life a little bit easier. <laughs> I turned the Woj notifications on for my personal page, so it wouldn't fire you. Uh, I was getting blown like sitting at work. Uh, pause. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but I was getting blown up sitting at work just Woj Woj. Woj, and then it was also stuff like you don't understand half the stuff that he's tweeting out because oh there's God. this team traded it to that team, and then that team decided to pick. But on Thursday, if the weather is clear, like he, there's so many stipulations with the NBA draft trades and all that kind of stuff that he's been tweeting out. I don't understand it. So I again, th- I, all this circles back to thank you. Yeah, for taking of me course, off. I got you. I got you, man. I, I I'll get blown up with the Woj tweets constantly because I love seeing all of it, but. Let's start with the draft because um, the top three went as expected. Um, Anthony Edwards to Minnesota, James Wiseman to Golden State, which makes them very, very, very tough to beat. Yeah. But they just like Clay Thompson. So that's going to be a huge thing to talk about going forward. Uh, Lonzo or Lamelo Ball going to Charlotte. We may see the Lavar versus Michael Jordan matchup we've been waiting for. So shout out to everybody who voted in our poll too. We put that out last minute. And we ended up getting a pretty good turnout in that vote. Um, who we thought, who the bench warmers thought was going to go number one. Uh, Anthony Edwards did end up winning, but there was a lot of love shown to Lamelo Ball. Like, yeah. what did I want to just let's just stick with the top three because that was a big topic mm-hmm. of conversation. What did you think of Lamelo? What do you think of him in Charlotte? Do you think that elevates a pretty poor franchise overall, or do you think he's going to just have his work cut? Lamelo out needed to go to a place where he runs a team, and in Charlotte he had the opportunity. Minnesota would not have been a good fit. Um, D'Lo and Carlton Towns are the leaders of that team, and I don't think he would have gelled with that. Golden State obviously would have been nice to have another shooter, or not, I'm, I'm not going to call him another shooter. What am I thinking? Another playmaker on the court, yeah. but it just made no sense. And then Charlotte now he can run his own team. Um, he's in the perfect spot where now they just signed Gordon Hayward as well, so he has another option on the wing. They're still not a playoff team, but they're all, they have promise now. They have Devontae Graham, who um, is a former Rock Chalk Jayhawk, who's an absolute who had. Who had arguably the most improved season last year, but didn't win the award. So they they have a lot of promise, but they're not there yet. The top three went as expected. All three players there fit 
each team's bowl. Fit the team that yeah, they got drafted. It, it was a perfect fit for all three teams. I think all these three players or all these three players are going to thrive in each position. Um, outside of the top three, the other big notable names: um, Patrick Williams going four, which shocked many, many, many people. Um, the, we thought the Bulls would probably th- maybe have gone Obi Toppin, who mm-hmm. went eight to the Knicks, which I think is a great, great pick. I know um, the Knicks are in need of a good point guard, but Obi Toppin brings that highlight factor the Knicks need back. Uh, so that's a big story. Him at eight. Tyrese Halliburton, who I thought was going to be one of the biggest steals in the draft, falls all the way to 12 to Sacramento. All those boys um, on the reserves podcast and, and the high-low, we know you guys are Sacramento fans. That must be tough, but you guys got a steal over there. Uh, so that's going to be big. Yeah, sorry, Kelsey, but... You've had a tough week with the Kings, but they did something pretty good on Cole, Cole Anthony going to the Magic. Um, a guy out of North Carolina who had a lot of promise. I don't know how good a fit that's going to be because they sell Markel Fultz. Um, besides that, we'll go to the Nuggets now, man. I wanted um, to get to the Nuggets. Abs- was- it's, it's a, we, so last week with Nuggets fans, it was an up-and-down week. The draft, we absolutely killed it. I, I am so, so happy with what we did. We we filled the need what we needed right away. We knew we were going to lose Plumlee or lose Millsap or lose Jeremy Grant, so we got one out and got a big because Zeke Naji. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Zeke Naji is is going to be that type of player that was like Kenneth Reed in the early 2010s. That guy that's going to come off the bench, high energy, get you rebounds, play defense, and that's exactly what you need because you don't need another playmaker in a front court, right. especially with Jokic there, um, with MPJ stuff like that. So he's going to bring that defensive intensity, hopefully, to the bigs, and then trading back in to the first round, pick number 24, and getting the guy that I wanted badly, and that was R.J. Hampton. Like we said, R.J. Hampton's stock fell he, it, because he was in Australia playing in the NBL, and he did not, not, did not have as good of a year as everyone thought, but the kid has talent. Mm-hmm. There was a reason why he was the number one recruit coming out of high school for a reason. Very, very similar to Michael Porter Jr. Now you can stick R.J. Hampton because apparently he's still growing. He could grow into a three, so that would even be better, but – um, he's still growing. The kid's young. Now you have time to develop him, like just like we did with MPJ. Yeah. Just like we did with MPJ. Because the kid doesn't have to play right away. He can learn under Jamal, learn under Gary Harris, and learn the ways of things. And now you're looking two or three years down the road, and there's your starting shooting guard of the future. I, yeah, I think both these picks probably extended the uh, – it's not going to extend the championship window, but extend the window depending on what you can do with free agency. I think these are good picks for the future. The Nuggets, out of any team in Denver, are the team that I want. Maybe them and the Avs are really close. If you get drafted and you play at Ball, Ball So Hard Arena. Ball, it's Ball Arena, though. We're going to call it the Ball So Hard at Arena. At the Ball So Hard Arena. <laughs> I, if you're drafted there, you're going to get coached up and you're going to be put in a position to be successful uh, more so than if you were drafted to the Rockies. Well, we should talk about we'll them. Talk about that, Maybe yeah. we won't, but because that makes me sick just thinking about it. And the Broncos haven't really developed anybody, so I think that that was good. Um, I agree with the the manimal comparison for Najee Harris because I was watching some of his highlight packages. He's always like uh, calling the basketball games up at Western. The teams who communicated, the teams who you could hear even when the crowd was roaring, those guys, they were always the ones that ended up being able to just do whatever they wanted on the floor, and they were never very rarely out of position. I think. Do you think Najee comes in and he's that vocal right away? Um, but I do think once he develops to that point, whenever he gets to that point, that's going to be his biggest asset. He won't start because, I mean, we'll talk about free agency in a second, but we did bring back Bell Mishap. So he'll be our starting power forward still. Um, Zeke Naji, I do believe, is going to be that next big off the bench um, because since we lost Plumlee and Grant, that next big is going to be um, either 
um, Hardinson, who we just signed as well from Houston, or it's going to be um, Zeke Naji, or it could be Bull Bull if he if he um, develops well this offseason, which a lot of reports have said that he's developed pretty well. So that's another possibility. Got to get but, a little bit stronger. But exactly. Well, so with Zeke Naji, do you think that I, I guess? I'm asking this to you because I don't follow basketball and I don't know like the personalities. How is it going to clash if he c- tries to come in and be like the the loud person right away? Do you think that he? I, I don't. Th- do I that? don't think so at all. I think he could be that loud presence on defense. Because Nuggets um, don't really have that, right? They they don't have. Jokic like, is a little bit verbal every once in a while. He likes jabbing with the refs and likes jabbing with the other team. And Jamal had that a little bit in the bubble, but um, defensive intensity usually came from Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig, who we will we'll talk about in a minute as well, but. Um, he can bring that to the second group defensively. I think he has a better outside shot than Plumlee had as well, so that's going to add another depth to the second group. Um, it's going to be nice. The dude also it's not, he's not going to step on anybody's toes though, right? He's not going <laughs> to no, be he's not gonna step on anybody's toes. Okay. That's yeah. because a lot of the times, like that's another thing. That's why the draft is so interesting because you got to pick people who are going to mesh with the guys on the floor that you already have, mm-hmm. especially in basketball because there's only uh, I don't know how many spots are left 12, on the bench. Usually 12, get, 12 spots on the on yeah. the bench and then three reserves. So yeah. th- there's a very minimal chance you're going to make a roster anyways. I I just don't know how, like, if that – because I think that that's beneficial. I think that you're going to need that moving forward. I just don't know how quickly no, you'll be able to it's, do that. It's a safe pick because the dude can come in right away and produce off the bench. We're not asking him to jump in the starting line. The reason behind drafting him was for that second group to in- increase that intensity. It's, it's going to be um, – Difficult, like seeing how that second group is going to fold because the big thing ever since losing Jeremy Grant and losing Plumlee, especially losing Tory Craig, is development, development, development. You have to see the the next year bounce um, from MPJ. You have to see the next year um, improvement from Bull Bull. You have to see the improvements from these younger guys now because on paper we're not as good of a team as we were last year. That's just facts because we lose our two best wing defenders. Yes, we get Will Barton back, but you're going to have to have development from young guys and and if. Jamal Murray, like how he did, if he played like he did in the bubble for a full 82 games or a 72 game series season, sorry, because that's what it is this year. But if they do that for a full 72 game season, then we're in a great spot. But you have to have that consistency now. Yeah, I mean, I trust Michael Malone. I trust the guys that they have in place right now. Is there any chance that the Nuggets do? Can they kind of salvage their free agency a little bit? Because I know, like, Connolly focused on the draft, and the draft went great, better than expected. Nobody thought that they were going to get two first round picks. Especially one of them being R.J. Hampton, because who knows somebody could have swiped him before. But like free agency has been a little bit rough. Um, so is there a chance that they can salvage that? Well, let, let's talk talk about free agency real quick, because losing Jeremy Grant was was massive, um, but it just made no sense. First of all, so I don't know if there's something in the works still with with a possible sign and trade or whatever it may be, because you lose both Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee to the Pistons, who have basically only centers. Their whole team, they traded for another center. They draft, They they sell Blake Griffin. They have all these big men, and they only have basically one guard now because they just traded Luke Kennard as well to the Clippers, and that's Derrick Rose. And like they, they're very, very front court heavy, which made no sense because Jeremy Grant wanted to be more involved in offense or whatever it may be, but he may not even start in Detroit. He would have started. He would have been the starting power forward for the Nuggets and been on a Western Conference team that is projected to be top top four in the West, which is which is absolutely crazy. Uh, but that's besides the point. But one thing that just blew my mind though, that the Nuggets did was signing this Argentinian Campazzo, or Argentinian named Campazzo. Mm-hmm. The dude is 5'11". He 
Incredible passing skills. Absolutely incredible passing skills. But we're going to be setups all day on the Nuggets offense. Yeah, he's an incredible passer, but it just made no sense because you still have Monte Morris, P.J. Dozier, um, players like that, Andrew Drafts, R.J. Hampton. It made no sense whatsoever. You lose out on Torrey Craig, who who is one of my favorite Nuggets because he's a team-first guy. He plays hard defensively. He can knock down shots every once in a while. Doesn't demand the ball. Uh, I thought at times he should be starting over Will Barton just because of his defensive uh, ability, especially two years back, he was starting games against Portland. Uh, it's he's a massive loss. I wish TC nothing but but the but the best, especially in Milwaukee. He's now on a contender as well again. We'll talk about that in a minute because that's a whole shit show too over there. Does, does TC be in there maybe help out them? I don't know honest. if it helps them out because they lost out on Bogdanovich too, and that's a whole. There's a, there's thing. a lot we can get into. Finish your, um, finish the whole tampering up. thing, but. Um, the Nuggets, yeah, like we said, this is going to be mostly. I think there could be another deal in place. I think the fact we drafted another guard and we picked up a point guard from Argentina um, that could be step in to another role like that means that there might be a trade. Mm-hmm. There might be something in the works where we we package either PJ Dozier, Gary Harris, Will Barton, one of those players, and get either another power forward. Maybe Blake Griffin. Who knows? I wouldn't mind that. Or a Buddy Heel from Sacramento, which I wouldn't mind up mind as well because he's a great shooter, one of the most underrated shooters in the league. Um, or you could go out and get maybe a Victor Oladipo, who isn't very happy in Indiana. So there's options out there. I think there's still moves being made. Um, I mean, we may get a Woj bomb as we're sitting here, but who knows? I think there's still be moves to made, but we're definitely not as good of a team right now. But I I trust Mike Malone. And I trust Jokic and Jamal Murray. That's true. So. Now, thinking about everything that we know so far, like, granted, Wojbaum could happen, um, something else happened. Seeing Spida Mitchell sign a huge deal to stay in Utah and everything else that the the top teams in the West kind of have done, where do you see the Nuggets with what they've done so far in free agency in the draft? Are they still – is it still – because last year it was what it was conference final or bust. Is it still conference final or bust? Or yes, did you... in my opinion, it still is just because we were there last year. Nobody um, else moved, made the moves. That oh no, no, everybody made. Or uh, well, let's let's touch on that for a second. So biggest winners of this of free agency so far are two teams in my opinion. The Lakers absolutely improved their team one hundred percent. They're a much better team right now than they were last year. That we'll talk about that in a minute. And the other winners were the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks signed Gallo, was a very, very underrated signing. Il Capo, Daniel Gallinari, going to be a stud down there. Um, then you you draft, I forgot who their uh, big draft pick was. It was, um, but they, they drafted a center. They brought in Rondo to mentor um, uh, Trey Young, who's going to be used. Oh, uh, Okungwu, who was the center out of USC, who's going to be a big um, addition on the second group behind Capella. I think the Hawks are a playoff team. They're going to make a lot of good noise in the East. I don't know if they're... Eastern Conference Finals bound, but they're, they're going to make a lot of noise. But let's go back to the Lakers. Lakers, man, you steal Montrez Harrell from across from across the locker room because the Clippers play in the same arena as you, but you steal him from the LA Clippers, which is a massive upgrade. Um, he is better offensively than what Dwight Howard and JaVale was giving you. You add um, Dennis Schroeder, who's a stud too, who's one of the most underrated point guards in the NBA. He's, he's going to be your starting point guard now because you lost Rondo. And then you add in... Um, another another key piece in um, oh my gosh who was it oh I can't think of it off of my head but they they added another big piece oh um oh my gosh I didn't see who the, who the Lakers signed I saw that I only saw that the Celtics resigned Tatum that was all I saw today yeah no they they just made a lot of great moves that 
Oh, they re-signed Marcus Morris. There it is. They re-signed Marcus or Marquise Morris, excuse me, because they're twins. Marcus Morris is in, in, in the Clippers. But the Lakers further themselves, and there's two teams right now in the NBA that um, are tight robust, and both of them had terrible, terrible free agencies. And those were the Clippers, who lost who lost Montrezl Harold, um, only traded for Luke Kennard. Um, you you lose out on getting Rondo as well, so now you're basically running the team back with Mont- without your sixth man. So that your team's worse right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if they don't win this year, Kawhi's gone, Paul George's gone. Um, they did bring in uh, Serge Ibaka, but that's not going to be as big as Montrezl Harrell, especially offensively. So that's going to be a huge miss. And then the Bucks as well. The Bucks are wins this year. Giannis is gone. One hundred percent, Giannis is gone. They uh, they traded for Drew Holiday. They traded all of your assets. Four first round picks basically cucked the whole NBA in a hole. Just because uh, Drew Holiday is not worth four fourth round, four first round picks. The reasoning behind the Pelicans, Pelicans being able to do that was because they knew the Bucks were desperate. They mm-hmm. knew the Bucks were desperate. But they did exactly what I want the Bengals to do uh, coming up in the in the next year's NFL draft. They totally they they, they got bamboozled. The or the New Orleans bamboozled Milwaukee, and I don't even like. It's a, it's similar. I can't remember. I was listening to part of my take. And they were talking about somebody who did in the NBA who did something similar recently. But when you trade away that many assets to keep a guy around who just wants to win championships and be the best, you end up. It's backwards because then you end up screwing yourself for the future that you want with this guy. Like even if they do end up re-signing Giannis, which would be dumb. They don't win this year, and then Giannis re-signs with them. That would be the biggest mistake of his career because they don't have anything now to do any. They, if they don't win a championship next year, they don't have the pieces in order to make a championship team the following year. So, like, why would Giannis stick around? Yeah, you trade. So they completely back. They they put themselves back asswards, and now they're probably going to lose them anyways. You trade all your best assets away. Now, say Giannis does leave, you don't have a first round pick. The the similarity between that is is Brooklyn Nets with in the early 2010s when they had Darren Williams. Um, who came from over from Utah and at the time was the best point guard in the NBA. You traded all your assets away for KG, um, Paul Pierce, and I believe Gerald Walt. Now Gerald Wallace went over to Boston, but in that trade you get, you gained those two players and signed Joe Johnson. And at the time your team was decent, but they didn't win anything. And Brooklyn was struggling forever because of that because they traded so many draft picks away. If Giannis does, if this Drew Holiday trade. Keep Giannis in Milwaukee, then you did your due diligence. Then it doesn't matter how many ever first pick, first round picks you gave away, but that's if he stays. If he stays. If he doesn't stay, then you just wasted your whole team. That's 100%. And then also losing out on Bogdanovich, he's also a great signing by the Hawks. That's going to hurt you even more. You basically might lose a second round pick too to that because of tampering. Because you talked before the, the technical time when you were supposed to talk. It's the Bucks are in shambles. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It feels like they're panicking, and they did. I mean, they did panic. They traded away everything for the opportunity to sign a guy in the future. You, you should never. That's never smart business. No matter how good. No matter how good the guy that you're talking about is. That that should never be. Uh, it. it I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, Sometimes the NBA scary. is a little bit too much in the off season. So maybe that's why. You got the NBA doesn't make as big a deal of all their offseason stuff. We were talking about that before we started the podcast. Um, any anybody else kind of bolster themselves in your mind? The Hawks be, really um, yeah, made the a Hawks. lot of noise. Obviously, I'll talk about them, but I think the biggest 
the best fit in the draft was Obi Toppin. I'm going to talk about that for a quick second. Um, Obi Toppin, in my opinion, is one of the most versatile players. That was Steven A. Smith there. is smiling right now. Oh, he was pissed, actually, when he first saw it because he wanted a guard. He wanted R.J. Hampton, actually. Right. He wanted a guard um, because he thinks that the Knicks need need a better backcourt, which they do. Um, Dennis Smith is, is not what he should be. Aren't the Knicks in kind of like a situation where you can take – you could use bolstering everywhere? Basically, yeah, basically, yeah. There's no bad draft. They're, they're still in the hunt for possibly getting Russell Westbrook in a trade. Um, so that's a possibility down the road if you trade Kevin Knox, you can trade Mitchell Robinson, and people like that to Houston. But that's a possibility. But I like Obi Toppin there. I think he's going to thrive down there. Um, another team that made a lot of good, smart moves was Portland. Portland got better. Portland re-signed Rodney Hood. And bring back Ennis Cantor, who basically was the Jokic stopper two years ago. Um they made a bunch of fantastic moves. They're going to be much improved. Um, you bring in uh, Robert Covington when you trade Trevor Ariza, who basically Ariza is you get a younger version of Trevor Ariza and Robert Covington. Robert Covington is a 3D, 3D player, which is perfect because Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum demand the ball. Uh, but that team is going to be very, very much better team than what they were last year. They're going to be a solidified top six seed, I'm going to say, in the West. I would not say top five or top four yet, but they're going to be a top six seed easily in the West. they probably get in there, uh, probably bump uh, Houston and Oklahoma. I think Phoenix and Portland probably bump Houston and OKC next year. Definitely bump, bump OKC out. Uh, Houston is going to be interesting because if they make no moves, that's... Well, I mean, if they make no moves, then they still keep. They still have Westbrook, right? Yeah, the, no, they still have Westbrook. They still have Harden. Oh, that's um, right. They just brought in Boogie Cousins, which should be very, very interesting. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work that's, at all. That's one of my favorite nicknames of, of all time. I don't know. I don't know why, but he, he he's a locker room cancer though. So I don't know how that's. I've I've, be. I've kind of seen that movement from the places that he's been, but that's. It could be bad, so I don't I don't know about how all that's going to work out. He doesn't bode well for KD coming back from that Achilles injury because that's kind of what shut his career down mm. the toilet too was Boogie's uh, when he popped his Achilles. Yeah, see, and that's, then that's yeah. not that's not going to be something. Easy Hopefully, for KD does does well with his, but that's, that's yeah. Like, I, I mean, that's the one team I think it's a sleeper going to be really good next year. I don't think Brooklyn should trade all their assets for James Harden. They have a great team. And now you add two superstars back, and you're going to be even better. So um, I think you roll with it. If James Harden is, hasn't been traded and the Nets fall apart this year, then you think about possibly sending Kyrie to Houston and getting James Harden. But besides that, I think the Nets need to run it back and see what Steve Nash can do with these, this this young team. They, that would be that would be adding too many volatile cocktails to a mix that you don't even know is going to be good. There's only one basketball on the court. There's yeah. only one basketball uh, on the court. Like Kyrie, Kyrie's yeah. already going to be wanting the ball. I was kind of listening around to everybody, and I know Harlow Sports talked about this. That that's also on the Unhinged Network. But um, KD is good enough that he's going to score no matter what, no matter how much Kyrie has the ball or wants the ball more or anything like that. Adding in James Harden, then you're just going to have those two battle it out the entire time. It's going to be similar to how OKC fell apart, anyways, yeah. because KD is still going to have the stats, and then Kyrie and James are going to go back and forth in the media of who should have the ball more. It's, it adds too much. It's going to be a clashing of heads. It's like when you're signing T- Tebow. Yeah, he's a good backup quarterback to have, but when your backup quarterback has to have a press conference every week, it causes too much of a distraction. That would be too much of a distraction. Yeah, I agree. I, NBA season, like you said, there's still going to be moves to be made um, before December 22nd, but um, be on the lookout. We know we have our NFL Unhinged shows on Sundays, um, so we definitely are going to You guys have been liking the NFL Unhinged yeah, shows, Yeah, it was very entertaining last year, so 
uh, or last week, sorry. So uh, we're going to stick with that. And then also, before the NBA season starts, we're going to get as many minds on the show as possible. We'll, we'll have an NBA Unhinged show, too, as well to look out for. So that's uh, going to be on the horizon. But now let's let's get into the NFL stuff. Let's talk about our teams because I have, I'm have i in a lot better mood than I was last week. I'm, I'm in a pretty... And Jimmy's in a really, really shitty mood. So I guess let's start with the shitty mood because we, we you touched on it in the center of attention. But um, let's talk about your Bengals. Very, very tough week. I went, re- I did really good at my NFL pickup, except when Joe Burrow went down, that just completely shit the bet for me. Yeah, it got got pretty ugly after that. It was I, I was pretty upset with how the game ended. I, I obviously, if you have listened to the center of attention. I hate Micah Jordan with everything that I have right now because he caused Joe Burrow to get injured. But I also then love Micah Jordan because now Joe Burrow doesn't have to take a beating for the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should help out. But that was really – that injury was one of the worst knee injuries that I've seen. It's on par with Willis McGahee. I mean, you see his whole leg in the wrong spot. And then you, it comes out today that he not only tore his ACL but his MCL and has other structural issues. It's not a, not a career-ender by any means, but it could have been – not as bad if Micah Jordan didn't decide to drop his fat ass down on the guy who beat his ass and get, got a sack. But it was just, it's what, it's probably the worst that I've felt as a Bengals fan since 2015. Since the, and I texted you, it, it, I think I think I texted you that yesterday, maybe it was somebody else, but like that's as bad as I felt since I almost had to take the week off of school when Vontaze did that to Antonio Brown and we lost the divisional playoffs. It's just pain. Just straight Just pain. pain. Like, there's no other, no other explanation for it. It's as bad as I've, I've felt. That's, that's yeah, honestly just that's all pain. I can say. There was a lot of problems. Joe Burrow was the most exciting thing the Bengals have had since Ojo Seco retired, basically. Um, it's must-watch football when Joe Burrow's on the field. Um, hopefully he gets back better, but you guys need an OT- or offensive line just like I do. Basically, yeah. I need a right, I need a right tackle. I'm going to be doing a lot of research for the both of us. Uh, I'm going to be looking at tackles and interior linemen because, uh, to be honest, about both of our teams, this will be our segue into the Bronco game, but both of our teams could use offensive line help at any position yeah. pretty much. Uh, but now talking about the Broncos, Philip Lindsay got more carries. Pat Thank Shermer. God. It took a week for Pat Thank Shermer God. to hear you, but he finally heard you and everybody else in Denver because uh, everybody on the sports talk shows is like, why did you just why are you not getting the ball? I, I can tell you why, but it doesn't make enough sense because you lose when you don't give him the ball. But it's a dead giveaway when he's in the game that you're running because he's no he's a liability in pass protection and catching the ball. He needs to get better at those two things and take that disability away from his game because it is kind of a liability. If you have the lead, who cares? You can put him on the field as, as much as you want. But when you're trying to come back, he can give you that big play, but it's too much. Like You know you're not going to throw a deep pass when Philip Lindsay's in the well, game. Well, Philip Lindsay hasn't fumbled since college. That's this true. is his third year in the NFL. He hasn't fumbled a single a single ball in, in three years. That's true. And Melvin, Gordon, crazy. and Melvin Gordon has the most in the, in the NFL. And he has, yeah, he has, I believe, five fumbles in ten games, which is absolutely, or it might be six. Four. No, he's, him and Zeke are tied at four for the most. Okay, either game. way, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you're splitting touches. I do, I'm going to give Sherman a little more love because the offensive game plan is exactly what it should have been in the last two weeks. Three weeks, sorry. And that was spread the or spread the love on offense. And that means get the running game going with both Melvin and both Philip Lindsay. Then don't make Drew Locke force too many balls. It's he had a very tough start, don't get a pick right away, but he came back and played well and played made a smart place. He struggled to start the game, but once the running game got going and once he had a little once the Dolphins respected the run more than anyone else, Drew it opened things up with Judy and Tim Patrick and things like that. Yeah, I mean, 
Drew still doesn't didn't show me that he's your quarterback of the future. Honestly, he the the mistakes that he's been making and the the bad has been kind of outweighing the good recently in in his game. But the they were the last two weeks when they were losing, they were asking too much. Like Drew Locke can be, he should have a cap on the amount of passes he can attempt at thirty five. Because if he attempts over thirty five, it's an automatic loss anyway. So just throw it. You have 35 pass plays when you start the game. Check them off as they go. Maybe you get an extra five if you go into overtime. But he should not be throwing the ball more than 35 times. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more because you you thought I was blasphemous when I said Tua was overhyped last week, and then he came out and laid an egg. If, if we're being honest, it wasn't necessarily Tua that laid an egg. It was the whole Dolphins offense. <clears throat> Their O-line was god-awful, and it was not good at all. They, I mean, But it did, it did, it did the worst-case scenario if you were the Dolphins when you're – it proved that the move to Tua made no sense. Well, Tua, did, it's not like he didn't throw a pick. He's an, only an accurate thrower, but when you give him no time whatsoever, then he's going to struggle. It makes it makes sense why he pulled him, because the dude was sacked four times. No, he shouldn't have never been put in, is my thing. This Fitzpatrick should have still started this game. Fitzpatrick should have still been... Fitzpatrick never should have been taken away as the starter until there was a reason, because there was no reason when you first put him in, and now you pulled Tua because he doesn't look good. And now you've thrown off the chemistry because guys were getting used to Tua because it was Tua time. And then now you might go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick because Tua is definitely not ready. He doesn't look ready at all. And if that offensive line can't protect him for more than three seconds, like it's... I'm going to get credit where credit's due, and that's Vic Fangio's defensive game plan here. The game plan was to get after Tua, and that's exactly what we did. Having a season-high six sacks on a quarterback is just ridiculous, in my opinion. He constantly had no time to throw the ball. He mixed and matched the, matched the, um, pad, or the pass rush with Malik Reed, Atachu, and Bradley Chubb. It was incredible up front. And this is a defense, like I said, who's missing a lot of good players. Vaughn Miller's not there. Sherrill Casey isn't there. Um, you're relying on Alexander Johnson and relying on Josie Jewell, who are two okay linebackers but aren't the best. Um, and your running game or your run defense has been incredible. Um, this defense is very banged up. We're going to get healthy, but this defense has a lot of promise. And those young guys stepped up big time, and I'm very proud of the way they did because without them, we would have lost, guaranteed. I, I don't want to take anything away because the defense did play really good and they won the game yesterday, but I'm still I'm still saying if the Dolphins started Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't think the game goes the way that it did. I think it doesn't change. What I'm saying is it doesn't change it drastically, which is the only reason why Tua being in the game made any sense. Only reason why it made any sense to put Tua in in the situation you were, you were in, because they still were in contention. They're still in contention to win the AFC East. The Bills had a bye last week, but they're only a game behind the Bills in the AFC East. So the defense played great. There's a lot of good things the Broncos can take away from yesterday. Uh, I think the biggest is the 30 passes and 33 runs. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's a recipe for success for the Broncos, and the defense will be able to keep it close. I mean to be to be completely fair though the only I mean McMahon or Fitzpatrick was only get, able to get the field, the team down there for a field goal he wasn't able to get them into the end zone and that's um and he started the whole fourth quarter they had a bunch they had opportunities and Justin Simmons made a fantastic play at the end of the game but that was just a good play by by Simmons I still think I I think that it's the same situation going down towards the end of the game that's that's my only point I don't know if the Dolphins win I thought the Dolphins were going to win because I thought the team around. I, I thought that they were a better overall team than the Broncos, but I don't think that Fitzpatrick makes this 
a blowout either way. I think that it's the same situation. Well, this 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 game shows me. I mean, our, we only had one really bad loss in the season, and this week has shown me that the Broncos are not a terrible team. We're not a terrible team because our losses are against good teams. The Raiders game, we got our asses kicked. Yes, but the Raiders are a good team now. They are they are have shown why um, they're the second best team in the division, but they're no slouch at all. No, and the only bad loss I think on our record right now is the Falcons. Yeah. Because the Falcons have had a very bad or are not a good team right now. But out of our six losses, um, all of them are basically the playoff teams. Mm-hmm. And so that's promising. Our schedule does not get any, any easier, that's for sure, because we play the Saints this weekend. So that's not going to be easy at all. But I have a lot of promise. I think Drew Locke, I'm still like, – we're, we're not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback next year. That's just facts. I, I talked about this a little bit last week. I think what could happen is we see a place where um, you see the Jets lose out completely and they draft Trevor Lawrence first where you could bring in a Sam Darnold. You could bring in Sam Darnold, and you could have a QB battle between Sam Darnold and Drew Locke and see who wins that and then run for your money. I don't think you dropped the quarterback, um, but you, Drew Locke, this is Drew Locke's team. I think the best thing for Drew Locke right now is though is a QB battle. And Ripon really isn't isn't that. I think Sam Darnold could break that. Yeah, uh, the Broncos right now, I'm looking at the draft order for next year. If the season ended today, they're at 15. So they're at the position where you might as well keep winning because – you're not going to lose enough to make it count. 15 is kind of no man's land anyways in the first round mm-hmm. in the NFL. I would say at this point they're definitely tr- going to trade down, but why not just try and win as many as many games as it would take to get in the position that you want. Uh, exactly. And right now at 15-2 it does not make a whole lot of sense unless for some wild reason Justin Fields dropped past that past the top 10, which definitely is not happening. No, so. I mean, the, the only guy that I could see maybe at 15 is that quarterback from North Dakota State, the guy that they but, had. But then you're starting back over to square one. You might as well ride it out with you lost no, the year then. I don't yeah. think the Broncos are on board to draft yeah. a quarterback. I don't think that at all. But I do think that um, Drew Locke's still in a tryout phase. Drew Locke oh, still I, has, I agree. To, I agree. has to play well the next few weeks of the season before they're going to commit to him at all. Because he, he's shown enough to make you really scared. Yeah, that that's why I'm in the spot where you gotta get another quarterback that will will um, compete with mm-hmm. him instead, oh, instead of drafting a quarterback. Yeah, he he definitely could use use that. Maybe Haskins because I think Haskins is Haskins probably gonna be available. Option, yeah. He did visit Denver before that draft, so he, I mean, who knows if they were really gonna draft him? That makes a little bit of sense. You're I think it's going to be a QB character. Maybe Rosen. Year. I mean, yeah. you should bring in I Rosen. Don't know about Rosen. Come I, on. I, I think I'll get. I'll pay you to take Ryan Finley. I'll give you fifty bucks <laughs> if you can talk to Broncos. I'd rather about not do that. But taking Ryan Finley, please, please, just I'll no, pay you no. and I'll give you a sandwich too. I just no. my mom made my mom made you sauce and, and meatballs. Come on. I, I appreciate the sauce and meatballs. But pause on that, but I'm not taking Ryan Finley. Fine. God, <laughs> I guess I'll keep him and, and just cut him next year. But yeah, it's well. yeah. Uh, other than that, the NFL, we'll talk more more football when we get to the pick I wanted to touch a little bit because there were some wild rumors going around the MLB. We don't cover baseball all that much. I know you, that's kind of like your oh, blind spot. My blind spot's basketball. Your blind spot is baseball. It's because I'd just rather not talk about baseball because my team is so ass. That's true, but like, what... If the because there was rumors flying around the end of last week, B Squared podcast. I know your buddy, you you went to school with those guys, and and I helped them out a little bit with one of their episodes editing their audio. But the Dodgers apparently are making some heavy eyes at Nolan Arenado, and that only scares me because Jeff Breidich is fucking dumb enough to take the bait, and that's all they're doing right now is just baiting you and baiting you. 
If the Rockies traded Nolan Arenado to the Dodgers, are you Rockies fans? Still? Jimmy, I was a fan in a fantastic mood this week. You really had to bring the, the I need Rocky you down stuff. to my level. I need you down to my level, please. <laughs> you had to bring up the Rockies stuff. Oh my god, I am one hundred percent never. Okay, I'm not gonna say I'm never gonna go to the Rockies game again because that's just unrealistic. It's a good venue. You, you might as well go to the game. I'll just go to the game venue. and drink my ass off. But I guarantee you, I'm gonna find a new team if we trade. Yeah. If we trade Arenado to the AL. Or as we have a motorcycle drive by, but we drive him to the. That guy's got some power because the door is closed. Yeah, if, if he, we, you trade him to the other other side of the. Um, trade him to trade the Amer- Amer- American League, then it makes more sense. I will be okay, and I will sleep at night knowing maybe we got a good package back, and we're just tanking for. It's like future. a D, it's like a DJ trade. Since D, they sent DJ to the AL, it was okay. Yeah, like I could sleep at night. Yeah. But if you trade him in division to the Dodgers. I will never wear a piece of Rockies equipment. I have a Rockies hat and I have an Arenado jersey. Actually, I, I'll i never wear the Arenado jersey again. I will only ever wear my Matt Holiday 2007 World Series jersey just because um, that's, the only, good, that's the only good go. memory I'll ever have for the Rockies. I wanted a raspberry like that when he when he slid into home. Yeah, Matt Holiday. Shout out Matt Holiday. That was huge. If, if I was going to say you should It's just It's just... You already lost the city. I'm going to tell you right now. The Rockies are already the fourteen. I'm going to say right now, fifth team. Because the Rapids are in the playoffs. And that's just known to be fact. So they're the fifth team, best team in the state. Which yeah. is just absolutely insane. And if you trade Nolan Arenado in division to the World Series champions, you're losing the whole state. That's just plain facts. You're not gonna, The only reason why people are going to go to the stadium is to drink beer and get a hot dog. Besides that, no one's going to want to go to games. It's, a, it's basically the Cubs' second home stadium at that point. That was, I was I was gonna be mean and say you can't wear purple anymore if they did that, but you you gotta wear purple. You you gotta wear purple. I'll take the no not wearing the Nolan jersey. That's just why did people like why did executives not see greatness in players? Because there's so many executives that are so quick to just dismiss possibly one of the greatest players at their position. He's Honest, one of the most talented, especially defensively. He's the well. best defensive third baseman I've ever seen. I will say that right now. It's best defensive third baseman I've ever seen. And his bat puts him. His bat is good enough to put him on the greatest of all time list at third base. Like I would take him right now in his prime, possibly over a prime Alex Rodriguez. I don't know about that, but Alex Rodriguez had some PEDs so that helped him a little bit. He was but, also on a better team. Yeah, but. that's true. But either way, like it's just we're cra- absolutely crazy that there's a rumor about this. You there's shouldn't just, want to get rid of him anyways. Let alone to the Dodgers. Let alone to the fucking Dodgers. Bridges is an absolute idiot. I'm gonna keep saying it again. I our, one of our first weeks. We had the show. I said the Rockies were gonna win the World Series plus three thousand because wow. we started. We had one of the best records of baseball yeah. through the first two weeks. You know, we only won fifteen more games after that, right? And then just everything went downhill. Yeah. That's why I don't talk baseball. That's, That's why. Just why. See, at, at least there's a fucking reason. At least you have about like you don't watch basketball, but the Nuggets are good, so like it helps. That wasn't the case for a while. That wasn't the case for a while, but at least the Nuggets are good enough. Where now it's it's exciting. Yeah. I have no reason to watch baseball. That's true. Unless it's a World Series. That's true. Yeah. None. What's up? I at least have the Yankees that I can fall back on, and they've That's been true. fun to watch. That's true. Uh, but there, there's your MLB free agency talk. I didn't think that we would have it on this podcast, but uh, we're going to take... Oh, we'll talk about more if no one gets traded. I guarantee that, but hopefully it doesn't. We're, we're going to take a quick break and pause for the YouTube uh, video real quick, and we'll be back with the most dominant team of the week in the NFL Pick'em. <laughs> All right, and we're back. We had to uh, take care of a little bit of business for the Unhinged Sports Network and make sure that the camera was charging. But we're getting into the NFL pick 'em. First, we're going to go most dominant team of the week. 
from last week in the NFL. Uh, I think you started last week, so I'll go ahead and start this week. Taysom Hill led the New Orleans Saints to being the most dominant team of the last week in the NFL. Uh, started off kind of close. It, it was going to take him a little bit to get warmed up anyways. Um, his, and it was the first time, because normally he only gets like five plays a game, so it's yeah. easy to make those stand out, but now he had to be kind of more consistent. But 24-9 to ended with 233 passing yards and another 51 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So I think, you know, Taysom Hill proved that he can play quarterback and the Saints look pretty he good. He was a great fantasy pickup at tight end, that's for sure. Um, for at me, tight end? Yeah. Well, he, he, was a tight end. he was a tight end option in fantasy football because they yeah. list him as a QB slash tight end. So How does his start points him. work if he's playing quarterback? If he has passing yards or whatever, it still counts for him. Wow. Can, yeah, it was, it was, it's weird. I, a, I was unfortunate and it wasn't quick enough to pick him up in any of my fantasy football leagues, but that is that, a he's a great glitch. start. Wow. But... Since you pissed me off last week with my Raiders' most dominant team of the week, I'm going to go right back at you and pick the Steelers because yeah. the Steelers absolutely dominated a bad Jags team. And, I wouldn't say. I mean, dominated. And they're the only undefeated team in the NFL. And Mike Tomlin, the first time the Steelers have ever started 10-0, um, it's very easy to pick the Steelers. Like I said, we talked about it on the NFL on Hinge show, but apparently ESPN doesn't think Chase Claypool is a top-10 rookie in the NFL, which is absolutely insane to me. But the Steelers are easily my... Uh, most dominant team of the week. That's my only thing that I don't disagree with you on, but they're playing Jake Luton and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, they killed them, though. They killed 27 3. They should have scored 50. They killed them. It, they should have scored 50. They held them to three points. That's very that, hard. Yeah, to do no, like the defense is dominant, but the offense looked like shit, and it has looked like shit for the past three weeks. It's just they're playing Zach Luton, and I don't even know who anybody. I think Jake Luton, but Jake, yeah, Jake, yeah, Jake I Luton. I don't, I don't even know. I got, I got shit for former, not knowing his name on the NFL and Hinge show. So yeah, because Jim lives in Jacksonville yeah. and decides to and follow. He, wa- he watches them for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> That that's a weird choice, but the best the best person on the Jacksonville defense is Joe Schobert, Cleveland legend yeah, Joe Schobert. So they should have scored more than twenty seven points. That's why I, I was thinking like honestly ten and zero, pretty impressive. I think they might finish. They have the possibility to finish sixteen and zero because there's not too many tough teams left well, on there. I think they play the Ravens. Again they play the I mean the, yeah the Ravens week, yeah. this week and then the Bills. But other than that, those are. Very winnable Very games winnable outside. Teams, yeah. So you could easily give them a one seed. But now let's get into our pick em. Um I'm, I went on absolute tear this week, going 10-3. Um, I am now 53-43. and 43. I shut everyone up on the Unhinged NFL Unhinged show. I picked the Cowboys right. Um, I picked, what else? I picked the Broncos being the Dolphins. I had a bunch of upsets. The only ones I missed were the Patriots, the Bengals, and, then, Packers. and the Packers. Those are the only three. But besides that, I had a great you absolutely yeah. fantastic. You've had you've been on kind of a roll. You you're on I'm a on heater. A roll, man. It's, I'm, you're I'm, on a heater, and I fucked around too long. You got on a heater, and now I'm just trying to make up for it. In poker terms, I'm on a heater, and you're on tilt. That's what we call on tilt. I, sh- I should have walked away from the table a while ago. There's a reason they don't put windows in Vegas casinos. No windows, no clocks, so you never know exactly. what time of day it is. But. I'm 53 and 43, and Jimmy's 48 and 48. So you're 500 at least. You're better than you were last week. I am 500. I got back to 500. I'm only five games back, which can be made up pretty easily. Pretty easy every week. But. Especially because we get on the NFL and Hinge show, there's not as many games to pick this week. Sure. So nobody can really make up that much ground on you. I don't pick on the NFL and Hinge show. I get to just enjoy everybody else going and I get to make everyone else sound stupid, basically. Well, yeah. So. You did. You started first time on the show. You got the, first, the best the best of the week so far. I, it comes down, actually, to the Monday night game. If the Bucks win, then you and Jim tie for... Um, well, I, I, see, I had the Rams, and I think Jim had the Bucks. So mm-hmm. if the Rams win, then I take the lead. 
But if the Bucks win, then you and Jim tie. Yeah, Jim and tie. So, either so, way, not bad for the first and, time. And the Rams are up 17-14 at halftime as we're recording this. So now, without further ado... Let's dive into these Thursday yeah, games because yeah. it's Thanksgiving week, and the best thing about Thanksgiving every once in a while is the food, you and you get to eat, and you get to watch football throughout the whole day. Hell Three yes. games, man. You always get to see the Cowboys, who are my upset um, last week. Well, let's start with the first game of the week. Houston Texans going into Detroit. Uh, both teams are kind of very interesting teams this week. They both have struggled a lot. Um, going to be an interesting one. Who do you have for the first Thanksgiving turkey game? I'm taking the Houston Texans for the same exact reason I took them last week. Deshaun Watson is that guy. Deshaun Watson, if he wasn't in the same quarterback class as Patrick Mahomes, we're talking about him in a very different way. But since he is, he went, uh, I think, eight picks in front of Mahomes, yep. you always kind of compare the two of them. But Deshaun Watson is that good. Bill O'Brien should probably be banned from NFL operations for at least a year for trading DeAndre Hopkins uh, because now there is actually no weapons for Deshaun Watson to do anything with, but he still got him a win last week, and I still think you know, Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions just got shut out by a former XFL star. Yeah, so are you really going to pick the Lions after coming off yeah, of a 20-0 to outing? There's absolutely no shot to pick the Lions here. I, I hope Stafford gets himself, like a, like I said last week, hope Matt Stafford gets himself out of Detroit soon. Get on a different team. Get on a different team. Get yourself a new organization because the Lions have always been shit, unfortunately, and they always ruin great players. Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, to name a few. But, they're cursed. Uh, they're, so I'm thinking attention too because Deshaun Watson is that dude. He's a bad man, but that's, it's an easy one there. Next, let's go. Uh, the Washington football team against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'll start because I picked the Cowboys last week, and guess what? I'm picking the Cowboys again this week. I feel much more confident this week just because I watching Zeke absolutely tear up the Vikings last week was huge, and I think he's going to do that again against a bad Washington football team. Um, Andy Dalton didn't play bad. He did not play bad that no. last week. So Andy Dalton makes them a totally different team. So I, I don't think he's going to be better than Alex Smith, but I trust Zeke more than I do – um, I don't even know who the running back is because uh, Washington cause Daring, or Geis is no longer there. Yeah, it's not Geis. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just Antonio trust, Gibson. Yeah, I trust Zeke more, and I think Andy Dalton, if he has better weapons. I mean, Terry McLaurin is a stud, but he has more weapons to use, and I believe the Cowboys are going to take that game. It depends on what kind of revenge game you want to think of this as. Is this an Andy Dalton revenge game on John Bostic for scrambling his eggs for four weeks? Or is this a revenge game for how the first Thanksgiving win? The Cowboys ended up winning the country, and now the this is the time for Washington to make up for their former namesake and win on Thanksgiving. I'm taking the, the football team in this one. I think that they are going to sweep. Uh, their defense is good enough that they can win this division, and I think they sweep the Cowboys even with Andy Dalton being back. Even though they're not going to go up against the Nooch the Gooch, I still like uh, Washington football team over the Dallas Cowboys. As an interesting one there. So next, finally, the last game on Thanksgiving on Thursday, um, two teams that you absolutely hate more than anything. Yep. The Baltimore Ravens going into Pittsburgh and playing the undefeated Steelers. I'll let you start uh, because you hate both these teams. This is why I don't like Thanksgiving, uh, especially the night games. I like watching the Lions and the Cowboys. That's fine. But then all of a sudden somebody decided the Ravens and Steelers get to play every year on Thanksgiving. And it's completely ruined the end of my holiday. I, I go to bed early so I can get up and sh- go shop on Black Friday because why would I ever want to watch these two teams go at it? But I'm obviously going to watch because I can't I can't help myself. I'm a football addict. I'm picking the Steelers in this one. It's at home. This is a game that a, 
the one of the two games that I think Pittsburgh can lose moving forward, and that would break their um, perfect season. But the Ravens last two weeks have looked not good. Uh, should have put away the Titans, mm-hmm. let the Titans come back and win in overtime. Uh, Harbaugh's forgot how to coach football, apparently. Both Jim and John are struggling. And Tomlin is getting hot. That offense is suspect for the Steelers, but their defense is damn good. Their defense, mm-hmm. I can't say anything about. Binka Fitzpatrick is a stud. Uh, T.J. Watt is the best Watt brother in the NFL. But Dupree on the other side, they're, they're just absolutely phenomenal. No, it's. I mean, for everyone else that's a football fan, this is a great game because these are two top-level teams. It's for the you, best rivalry in the NFL, hands yeah. down. But for you, you absolutely hate because you hate both these teams. But I'm definitely going to watch it because it's going to be a fantastic game. I'm going. I'm going to differ here. I'm going to go with the upset. I don't think. I don't think the Steelers are going to go undefeated. I think this is the most likely game they lose, um, just because they had a bit of a dole to start the week against Jacksonville. Um, they they had a rough start, but they got the shit together because it's Jacksonville. Jacksonville sucks, but I think Lamar is he got Des Bryant into the mix a little bit more last week. I think you're going to see Des a lot more this week. Um, I think that could help them offense a little bit more. J.K. Dobbins, who has a corona now, unfortunately, so he may not play. Mark Ingram are both on the COVID list right so now. So if they, I mean, I, I don't know the exact timetable for all that, but if they don't play, then I'm going to be an absolute idiot. But I'll take that one as a loss. But I'm still going to take the Ravens just because I think Lamar's might be able to um, come to play because he played a lot better last week. He just ran into a buzzsaw in Tennessee. That cockiness, ladies and gentlemen, he he has games to spare, he says. I have games to spare. And he's going to go with the Ravens. Now, think about this, though. A couple weeks ago, is this that much of an upset for the Ravens to beat the Steelers? It really isn't. It, it's honest, it, yeah. it's ter- completely turned in the last yeah. month. Uh, because for, like, September, the Ravens, it was the Ravens and the Chiefs mm-hmm. fighting for the number one seed in the AFC. Now the Steelers have kind of stolen that away from them. Mm-hmm. So I like that the Ravens lost that. I don't like that they lost it to the Steelers, though. That's true. Uh, all right, let's get this, these are the games that count because now we got to have whether I'm I'm rooting for you in our personal pick'em because you're the only representative for our show on the NFL okay. Unhinged show. So I want you to, to be end smart. With, yes, be smart. I want you to take the words of wisdom because you're doing that anyways. You're taking the information I give you and you're making good choices off of it. Um, so let's let's continue that. I want you to win these because these ones matter. Okay, then I'll I'll start. I'll, it's your it's your team first. Um, the Giants going into Cincinnati and playing Ryan Finley. Uh, there's no shot Ryan Finley takes down the um, Giants. The Giants have played okay. They still have a chance to win the division. They are the Broncos still in contention be, for the, the NFC the, Bron- the Broncos would be the number one team in that division at four and six. So whatever. But I mean, either way, I'm gonna take the Giants here. I don't believe in Finley. It's not a knock on you. It's just your top. Your team doesn't have talent right now. Uh, our backup quarterback situation was a shit show the moment that we let Andy Dalton go. I knew that. I don't take any offense to that. Uh, the Broncos right now at four and six would be looked at in the NFC East as like you can win four games. Exactly. I didn't realize yeah. that was a possibility. I thought you just tied it every now and then. Well, the reason the Eagles are number one in that division is because the tie against you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the two seven and one makes it look like we actually it for whatever reason it just makes it look look like, a little yeah. bit better. Uh, yeah, you go o fifteen and one. That one you got close. You're exactly. that close. Uh, I'm picking the Giants as well. Because I know you've never watched Ryan Finley play quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. I can tell you it's not as pretty as you're imagining it, which means that it's twice as bad as it is in real life. So, uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, the Bengals lose out. Hopefully the Jaguars steal a couple games from people. The Bengals get the second pick. And then they sucker Atlanta. I did, actually didn't. I explained it to you, but I didn't get to explain it to the beautiful viewers. The Falcons will trade Alex Mack and Hayden Hurst 
to the Bengals for the number two pick, and they'll swap Ladies first rounders. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, we live in the Mile High City, but Jimmy's not high right now. Yes, he actually said that. I it's I was doing a whole thing. I, I was working this morning. It's it's Thanksgiving. It's a three day work week. Come on, but I was putting together my perfect draft scenario, and I even tweeted it. My letter to Santa: Let Cincinnati lose out. Have Jacksonville win two more games. I don't. I do want the Jets to win a game just to get got to wear a Jets I jersey. Never, I, I, we're not talking about that in a minute, but that's but, not happening. All I said, Santa, make this, make the Bengals lose, have Jacksonville win a couple games, and then make sure that Atlanta is Atlanta, and we'll, they'll choke the draft away and trade Alex Mack, Hayden Hurst, and the ninth overall pick to the Bengals for the third for the second overall pick. Keep dreaming. Draft the quarterback of the future. Come on, Atlanta, you know keep, you want it. Keep dreaming. Life after Matt Ryan. Speaking of the Falcons, let's jump right into the Falcons game. They host the Raiders. Um, I'll start here. I hate the Rays with a burning, burning, burning passion, but I can't deny that they're, they're a good team. They're, you got to respect them. Team. I, like Josh, I like Josh Jacobs a lot. I love me a good running game. Um, him and Al Gingold are, are holding it down, and Derek Carr has played, quote-unquote, Joe Flacco-level elite. There's and, there's no reason they shouldn't have won that game last night. Though that's, the, that's the thing that I keep coming back to. There's no, other than the fact that you have Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline, there's no reason that the Ra- Raiders should have lost to the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. They did everything right. They scored with, I think, less than a minute or maybe yeah, like a minute like 10. Yeah, seconds left. Like they like scored that. with – they did everything right. And then Patrick Mahomes is just an outlier. He's just an X factor. Uh, the guy who didn't cover – you know they were going to throw a bomb. The guy who didn't stay deep is the deepest. You should be cut and not on the, the NFL squad leave, anymore. Yeah, the fact you leave Kelsey open that wide open at the that end. That too, yeah. That was, that was bad. I mean, I know you got to – Respect Patrick Mahomes' scrambling ability, but the touchdown at least contest contest the touchdown a little bit. I, I, I told y'all the Raiders were not sweeping the season series against Chiefs. I knew it wasn't going to happen. Uh, yeah, it I'm was not, a lot closer than I thought. Yeah, a lot closer than I thought. I'm picking the Raiders here. Um, the Falcons don't have the firepower. Uh, Calvin Ridley's back, and Todd Gurley has been he's been ice cold recently. He had a great start to the year, but he's ice cold. So I I trust in the Raiders a lot more than I do the Falcons right now. Yeah, I think Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker are going to run train tracks over the Falcons' defense. They have, uh, for whatever reason, they were able to stop the run against the Broncos. But normally they don't stop the run very well, and their pass defense is historically bad. I think it's between them and, we were saying, uh, I think the Ravens are the two worst NFL passing defenses yeah. since the merger. So I'm picking the Raiders. I think that the Raiders are still going to get into the playoffs, even though they lost last night as a wild card. Yeah, they can still sneak in. And I still think that they are going to go on a hell of a run if they make it into the playoffs because they are built for January and February-type football with a tough, really big physical offensive line, a great running back, and Derek Carr. Uh, I mean, Derek Carr was damn good last night. Derek Carr... Derek Carr deserves some more praise than what he gets. I know you're not going to give it to him because you're a Broncos fan. It's the yeah. same way I won't give praise to Roethlisberger, even though he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. But he, he's, he's, he's on another well. level. He's played well, but they're, it's still Raiders. They're never going to win a championship or never win another Super Bowl, guaranteed. Probably not true, but whatever. I like to, I like to say that because I hate them. So next game, let's go. Um, Chargers and Justin Herbert coming off their second or third win of the year? Their second I mean, it's their third win as a team. Third win as a team, and Herbert's second win. And as a starter. As a starter, and they go and play the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles, circles the wagon like the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Bills. I'm going to go first. Um, I'm picking the Bills here because Josh Allen is that dude. Um, they have, they're coming off a of bye week. I think he's going to um, fresh legs. Uh, I believe this team is, is set to win the division, and I don't think they fall apart against Chargers. Chargers are just not um, as deep of a team this year. No, the the thing about this game, I think that Justin Herbert is probably a better quarterback 
than Josh Allen, but Josh Allen has a way easier defense to go against. I don't know about Justin Herbert being a better quarterback than Josh it's, Allen. It's right now. it's closer than it was at the beginning of the season, but Justin Herbert is one of the more more talented guys that we've seen. Just stats wise, he can put up numbers and, and get get guys in the end zone. But the Bills defense is something that I he hasn't really faced yet this season. Justin Herbert has played I know he played Tampa, that's a decent defense. Uh the Saints are are pretty good defense, but other than that he's not playing great squads. This is one of the tougher defenses that he's played. Um, so there's two dynamic young quarterbacks. Probably going to be a lot of points scored. The over-under is 54. I'd probably uh, take the over. Bang the over on that. I'm taking the Bills as well because it's at home. And the Chargers know how to lose games. They just got lucky and got the Jets on their schedule. Sure, no kidding. I, I, I'm so – I don't think Justin Herbert – he's 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 very talented, but he's not Josh Allen level yet. He's, not he's at Josh true. Allen's level now. Like he's a, he's ahead of Josh. He's going to get to Josh Allen's level sooner than Josh Allen got to it. Okay, that's fair, but I don't think he's a better quarterback right now. Josh Allen has been putting up unreal numbers. Next game we have um, a great divisional matchup. We have the Tennessee Titans going in and playing the Indianapolis Colts. I'll let you start this one. I think this is one where we're going to differ. I'm picking the Colts because I do think that the Colts are going to win that division. I was the one who brought it up two weeks ago on the NFL on Hinge show. That was my question that I had and posed to the group, and everybody – uh, you you didn't quite agree with everything that was said, but I do think that there's a good argument to be made that um, the Titans are a little bit fraudulent and the Colts' defense makes them kind of consistent as a contender. So I think that the Colts win this game and I think that they go on to win the AFC South. I just I just don't I, I don't trust Philip Rivers. I, I love the Colts' defense. I, absolutely, I think there's a bunch of studs over there. Apparently you can't trust their offensive line either. You can't trust their offensive five, line. Five holding calls in one drive. Unless your name's Quentin Nelson. He got he line. got one, so you can't even say that. Yeah, that's fair. But either way, I, I'm, I'm taking the, the Titans here easily. Uh, Derrick Henry is that dude. Like we saw last week against uh, the Ravens, if you can't stop Derrick Henry, you're not going to be able to beat the Titans. That's just a plain fact. It's Tractor Cito season. Derrick Henry is an absolute stud. I'm taking the Titans here because I still think they win this division. You don't have to rely on Tannehill like the Colts have to rely on it. Rivers so much because Derrick Henry is an absolute workhorse. So Derrick, um, Derrick Henry showed up at the end of the last yeah. uh, the game yesterday and in overtime. I mean, called game. Decided, called game. I'm ready to go home now. Yeah, I'm I'd, done. I'd like to go home yeah, now. I'm done now. And then they had the little beef on the sideline with Vrabel and Jim Harbaugh, or yeah, yeah Harbaugh was, too. That was something that started at the beginning of the game because the, some of the Titans players were on the logo and Harbaugh got all bent out of shape, wanted to fight A.J. Brown. Uh, I mean, that, got, oh, no, it was Malcolm Butler. Wanted to fight Malcolm Butler. A.J. Brown got in the middle of them. Talk about A.J. Brown, by the way. One of the top young receivers in the league. He's been very, very underrated. I think he year. broke five tackles on a touchdown pass yesterday. Yeah, that was a, that was crazy to tie it up at or toward the end of the game. That was a crazy play, but everybody had a lot of great weapons. Everybody forgets about him. He's the other guy. That D.K. Metcalf picture that circles around where he has the 24 different sets of abs and, yeah, and everything like that. A.J. Brown AJ Brown's the other guy. Yeah, The other guy that looks like... You know, he's cut out of a comic book. But. Yeah, both uh, Ole Miss studs, that's for sure. Um, next game we have, we have um, a good friend of the people on the on his network, P.J. Walker and the Panthers-led team. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is back this week, but I think it might be P.J. Walker again this week. So, and they go in and play the Vikings, who just lost to the Cowboys. I'll let you, I'll let you start here because I think this is going to be an interesting take for me that everyone's going to think is stupid, but go ahead. Um... It's uh, I'm kind of th- second guessing myself a little bit. I'll stick with b- what I had written down, and um, I'll let you go on whatever you're going to go on. I'm going to pick the Panthers 
PJ Walker, uh, he surprised me in the XFL. He had been in the NFL before, so I thought he would be successful in the XFL. Ended up throwing 15 touchdowns in five games. Incredible. Um, was going to be the MVP if the XFL was able to finish. And he put up 20 points in the NFL the other day, and, and his defense was able to hold a, another NFL offense out of the end zone. So they, they surprised me. Matt Rule's a great coach. He is a great he's coach. A, he's an absolutely great coach because they did it without Christian McCaffrey. So it Possibly get Christian McCaffrey back with P.J. Walker. I, I like that. Possibly have Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater. I really like that against the Vikings, so I'm picking the Panthers. Yeah, I, I, I was, this is a tough one for me to pick. I think this is going to be a very, very toss-up game. I think the odds on this are pretty even as well. I don't think I think the Panthers may have a slight edge just because the Vikings lost last week to the Cowboys, but I think the Vikings pick it back up. We're going to go. I think I know I picked. It's Minnesota um, minus four and a half. Oh, it is okay. The Vikings are favored. Never mind them. But that's probably just because they're home. But Dalvin Cook, I think he is one of the best running backs in the NFL. But he's not Ezekiel Elliott's level. That's why I picked the Cowboys last week. But I'm going to go the Vikings. Um, I don't trust PJ Walker right now. Yeah, he had a good game, but I don't. I, if he does it back to back weeks, then I'll trust more in him. But you got to do it um, for back to back weeks in the NFL. You got to sustain more than two, one game of or one game of a success. That is one of the more, more difficult things to do. Um, because in the NFL, once they get film on you, it's it's over exactly. with. And now that they have film on P.J. Walker, who knows? That's why I'm kind of second-guessing myself. This is one where I'm not too solid in my mm-hmm. pick. It really depends on what happens yeah. uh, outside with the injuries. It's a, it's a very toss-up game, that's for sure. I think it's way closer than four and a half points. I, yeah, I think that's ridiculous. I agree. Next game we have my pick to go 0-16. And yes, I'm still picking them to lose. Dolphins going in and playing the Jets. I don't care who's that quarterback. If it's Tua, if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, it don't matter. Dolphins are winning this game. The Jets are going to keep losing. That's just facts. He said that because in my outline that I send to Nico when we record, I pick if Tua plays, then I pick the Jets. But I'm picking the Dolphins right now because I think they're going to realize how fucking stupid it was to take Fitzpatrick out when he was right in the middle of Fitzmagic and put in Tua. So if Tua is playing, I like the Jets. If Fitzpatrick starts, I like the Dolphins. I, I trust play. Tua to even dot up the Jets because that's how the bad the Jets are. That's how bad the Jets are. It doesn't matter. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you can throw um, Gusecki or whatever in that quarterback, they're running back in that quarterback, and they'll still win this game. The Jets are the worst team in the NFL. I want to see you in a Jets jersey so badly. They have, let's see, so what bad. is this, week 12? Yes. So they have uh, five more weeks until they can count down until they get Trevor Lawrence. Quinnen Williams is going to introduce himself to uh, to a. I mean, they were teammates in college, but he's going to love up on his teammate a little bit. And when I say love up, I mean sack him four or five times. Yeah, no, it's still Dolphins. Jets still suck. <laughs> Dom, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I'm going to send you a picture before we even post the podcast if we get him in a Jets jersey. That's I'm going to love that. No shot. No shot. Next game we have the Browns going into Jacksonville and playing. Jake Lutton, right? Jake, Jake Lutton, or is it yeah. Zach Lutton? Jake, Jake, Lutton? Jake. Jake Lutton and the Luton. Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, yeah, this is a, a gym. Uh, everybody knows that the Jaguars suck. I don't know what they're feeding you down in Jacksonville, but I heard that you had some problems with people not picking the Jaguars on Sunday, and I, I, I don't understand why you had any problems with that because the Jaguars are bad. I mean, they got they almost got lucky a couple weeks ago. They almost pulled pulled it off a little bit, but. Uh, Browns are going to win this game. Hopefully, it rains in, J- in Jacksonville. It'll make life easier if it if it rains. They do have a better chance of winning. That's that's how they've been so dominant. They play in bad weather games where they can't throw the ball anyway, so they just turn around and hand it off 
uh, to Kareem Hunt, who's been kicking down doors all all throughout the season. And Nick Chubb, too. Don't, yeah, don't and I would, well, Chubb. I mean, Nick Chubb was hurt for a little bit. But yeah. I am going to give love to Nick Chubb a little bit later on in the show, too. But I think the Browns dominate that game because it's another bad team that Browns can dominate. Yeah, for some reason, Jim and Kelsey both thought it would be smart to pick the Jaguars last week. And then uh, Jim got high on himself and decided to post the score after the first quarter, which was 3-0. to zero. For Jacksonville over Pittsburgh, and then Jacksonville didn't score the rest of the game. <laughs> didn't even get another field goal. So you jinx yourself, Jim, and it's ridiculous that you think about that. But, yeah, no shot on picking the Jags. I'm going the Browns here as well. Jim and I have a lot in common. This We're thinking at this point, me and J-Dash from the J-Dash Morning Show are going to do a baseball podcast. But it's probably just going to be the two of us saying the same exact thing, just with different teams inserted. Exactly. Because I did the same thing with NC State and Miami. I did uh, – the, the Browns win that one easily, easily, not even close. Let's go to my team now. The Broncos hosting Taysom Hill, I believe, still, because uh, Drew Brees still has those broken ribs. And I think he broke more, Saints. honestly, throughout the week that he was injured. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Every time that it goes back, he punctured a different lung, has a kidney failure on one side, three mm-hmm. more injured ribs. It's, it's bad. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with my team. I like picking my team. I, this, is pro- this is another one that... Um, I can afford to lose just because I like my Broncos. Just throwing um, so, away picks. So okay. I'm just throwing away picks, but I'm picking the Broncos because I I saw the game plan and Shermer put together, and I trust him that he can do it and again this week. That's saying a lot. I know it's saying a lot because I have not trusted him a lot at all. So I'm trusting him to put in the same game plan and run the damn ball with Philip Lindsay. Please make my life easier. Okay, I, I'll I'll give you three reasons why that's not going to work out. Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, and Quan Alexander. They Cam are, Jordan, 72 has played better. Cam right Jor- tackle is the right problem. If they go after the right tackle... Cam I don't Jordan know plays against the right tackle. I know he was a lot, the blind side. No, he plays against the right tackle. That's when He put Tristan Wirfs in Tom Brady's face on the first play of the game when the Saints dominated the Bucs. Well, Demario Davis and Quan Alexander yesterday were so fast. They were getting to the stretch plays before the running back even knew where where to look to see where the defenders were. Their defense was – that's the reason why Taysom Hill was able to start slow and then they still end up dominating. Their defense is absolutely gelled together. And Quan Alexander, the 49ers are going to regret giving him up, especially to a team that already had Demario Davis. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there. The only thing why I feel more confident in my pick, though, is just because – I think Fangio is going to have a very similar game plan to Tula as he did against Taysom Hill. And that was bring the pressure, force him to stay in the pocket. And if you're able to do that, then I feel like we'll be able to hold, slow down the Saints, though. But then you have to worry about Alvin Kamara, which worries me a little bit and more. the Saints' offensive line is, is, is way better than the way Dolphins. better than the Dolphins, so that's, that's for sure. But I do expect Fangio to bring the pressure, and that's why I have a little more faith this week. Um, in the Broncos, but either way, you have to. The, Drew Locke's gonna have to put up points, and that starts with getting a run game going. But that's, this, this so. has got to be tough for you because Ramshek is a guy that you could have had instead of seventy-two. Seventy-two's played better. I'll tell him that. Seventy-two had a terrible beginning of his career, but he's playing better. But Ramshek is a three-time Pro Bowler is, and I think two-time All-Pro, at least second-team All-Pro. Hey, maybe Bowles is a Pro Bowler this year because he is one of the best left tackles on paper based on All-Pro stats um, this year. So maybe. I'll say his name at the end. But I don't even know if the fan, like, because normally you got to fo- focus on the fan base to vote for you. I don't know if the Broncos would vote for him as a Pro Bowler just because the the heartache. That our he's our problem is when we have six different right tackles starting and we can't. It's a new. It's a revolving door of whoever's there. 
But let's not let's not dwell on that too much because we'll talk about that more on the NFL Unhinged show on Sunday. Speaking of the 49ers so. and their dumbass trade of Quan Alexander, they're in the next game. So our next one we have the Rams, who I think they're winning still. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to check. Um, they're hosting the 49ers. I'll start here. I'm going to go to the Rams. Um, like I said, I trust Aaron Donald. He's the best player in the NFL for a reason. Uh, the Rams are – Jared Goff is getting his stuff together at the right time. This team is going to – be right there in the wild card. So I trust the Rams, so I'm going the Rams here. 17-17, tied up with 909 in the third as we're recording this. I'm also uh, going with the Rams because the 49ers are just too banged up. Uh, and, the you know, I think I trust Sean McVay a little bit with – I trust Sean McVay and Jared Goff more than I trust Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard with uh, Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. That changes if Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle are there. But I don't know if they're going to be back yet. I, I don't. So I'm picking the Rams in that one, especially since it's in Los Angeles too. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of difference. The 49ers are not the same team they were last year, that's for sure, and that's mostly because of injuries. So hopefully they all get better. The yeah. next game, um, battle of the best quarterback battle we have this weekend, that's for sure. Um, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes going into Tampa. What about um, what about uh, Big Dick Nick and Aaron Rodgers? Uh, we'll get to that in a moment, but. Um, t- and playing Tampa Bay and playing Tom Brady, this is going to be a very good game. I think it could be um, game of the week, that's for sure. I think Tampa Bay is going to be very game. They were very game today as we're recording this. So I think um, this. I think they're going to fall apart, though. They're all juiced up for this game because it's a divisional game, or not divisional game, but against a team that um, they have a little bit of history against. So I, I'm picking the Chiefs here because Patrick Mahomes is, can win games no matter what happens. Yeah, I think the Chiefs, I'm picking the Chiefs only because the Buccaneers' defense. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I thought that they were the most put-together defense and the best defense in the league. They've shown me where their weaknesses are, and it's kind of in the secondary. They don't always communicate as well as they need to. And against Patrick Mahomes, it's just not going to fly. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey's come on really strong the last few weeks, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. Like That's the problem when you're trying to find teams that can compete with the Chiefs is you can go, okay, well, I'm going to shut down Tyreek Hill. Well, what about McCole Hartman? Okay, I'll shut down Tyreek Hill and McCole Hartman. Well, then Travis Kelsey's open in the middle of the field. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire's in the backfield. He's also open. And then Le'Veon Bell's out in the slot, too. So you, you're just running out of – you don't have enough. Uh, it's like trying to stop a hole in the Titanic with a piece of gum. Yeah, there's 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 so many great weapons for that team there. There's no – I mean, I'm not going to say no shot because I think the Buccaneers had more of a chance than the Raiders did. Um, even though that game was close last week. But I think Tom might be up for it, especially being in Tampa Bay. So I expect a close game, but I still think the Chiefs will come out on top. Um, let's get to the Sunday night football game. Um, this this is usually a game that happens during Thanksgiving week. It's always usually the Sunday night football game, too. Uh, the Bears going into Green Bay and playing that bad man up there in, in, in Wisconsin and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, that bad man's got to be pissed off. because This team sucks. His, his team, like his we said team, last week. His team Sucks. He doesn't suck. He he hasn't he sucked. Sucks. He he didn't suck. He's not the reason. I'll give him some credit because he's definitely not the reason that they ended up losing that game uh, to the Colts. But I still I'm standing behind the fact that the Packers are the mentally weakest team in the NFL, and that is you know that was one of the worst things. Good thing they're playing the Bears, and if because Foles was hurt the last time that I watched Chicago, if he's still hurt that. Even helps yeah, we him out a little see bit more. Big Dick Mitch back. No, Mitch was hurt too. That oh, was God. like Brandon Bay or something oh, like no. that. Like, oh, yeah, no. I got home from the podcast last week because they were the Monday Night Football game, and Foles was hurt. And I go, "Oh, who's the 
I don't even know. Like, he wasn't an AAF quarterback or an XFL quarterback. He came from nowhere. Yeah, they, like, pulled him off the street in the tryout. Mark Wahlberg, come here. Let's go. Yeah. It was, it was bad, but. I, I want to, I'll, I'll, I'll cut you off. I'm picking the Packers very easily. Um, like I said, the, the Bears are not going to be able to match points. Even if the Packers defense sucks like it does, um, the Bears won't be able to put up points like Aaron Rodgers will be able to. Yeah. The Bears defense is good. I'll give them credit, but they can't put up points. Their secondary has been kind of a, you know, iffy lately. And then their run defense, that's the strange thing. Their run defense, the Bears have been bad all season. Aaron Jones is finally back for Green Bay. He was back over the weekend. Um, and I don't think that they can really shut down Devontae Adams if he's going. 83, I can't remember the guy's name, but even though he did. Valdez something. Yeah, he's yeah, got Marcus a Valdez hyphen, hyphen, yeah. hyphen in his name, so I couldn't remember. But he, he looked really good yesterday, Pat, or Aaron Rodgers, and he, he and Aaron Rodgers are developing a lot of chemistry. I think the Packers win this one pretty easily too, but uh, I'm not picking the Packers anymore. In the in the playoff picture, because you got to be mentally tough to win those games. And from what they've shown me throughout the entire season, losing to Minnesota, getting pounded by Tampa Bay after being up by fourteen, I just don't trust them at all. Yeah, no, they're gonna have to be better. That's for sure. Um, there's only one mentally tough person on the team. And that's number twelve. That's just a plain fact. Um, finally, let's go to the Monday Night Football game. Um, Seahawks coming off a huge win against uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, uh, facing the. Philadelphia and the first place Eagles. Hey, this was this is a rematch of the divisional round of the playoffs. You got to remember that. It's crazy. From just That's just crazy. last year, this was a playoff matchup. I think one of these teams is still going. They honestly might be a playoff matchup again. Yeah, that's true. Depending well, on I mean, if Seattle I, wins the division. I think Seattle will probably win the division because, I mean, they'll have the tiebreaker over. Actually, They're tied with Arizona. They split. Right now, so. So. That's true. I don't know. But I'm going to pick the Seahawks here. The Eagles, like I said, they're not. They're not good. I think we're very, very close to seeing Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz is bad. We are very, very close to seeing Jalen Hurts. So that would be fun to watch, but I'm still picking the Seahawks because Russell Wilson is is creating a very good chemistry with DK Metcalf, and their running game is, is starting to get going with Carson coming back. So um, I trust the Seahawks here, so I'm going Seahawks. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are a pretty safe pick this week. Mm-hmm. The Eagles just look like shit. Like the Eagles' performance last week makes it – makes me have more hesitancy mm-hmm. thinking that they can actually make a yeah. run in the playoffs and win the division. I'm taking the Seahawks because Russ kind of bounced back. And uh, the defense, I don't think it's back to where it has been, but now that Jamal Adams is back from an injury for a few weeks, Bobby Wagner's still there. They are getting better. And as much as I fucking can't stand Carlos Dunlap, he's, he's playing, he's playing his ass off for them. So, you know, give him credit where it's due. He, it wasn't that he was washed up. I just don't don't appreciate the fe- the way that he ended his situation in Cincinnati. I think that could have been handled better, but they they are getting better at the right time. So uh, I'm picking the Seahawks as well. All right. All right. Now let's get into the the segments, the ending segments, because I'm pretty sure like people really want to get to this because they want to win some money too. Uh, we'll Jimmy start. had a terrible pick last week, like he did, but I, I, I did have my Indiana cover. Yeah, Indiana did cover. I was really close. I was like, oh shit. Hopefully Oklahoma State at, at that point. Oh shit! Hopefully Oklahoma State makes this a, a good game and makes me makes a spark at some point, but uh, it ended up not happening. So I did miss last week, but I don't miss all that often. And, and now we got some pretty pretty good ones going into this weekend as well. Uh, we were never able to find the odds on the Tyson fight. That's yeah, that's Saturday. That's going to be a big fight. Um, if you guys aren't watching college football on Saturday, but Mike Tyson versus. Um, Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson looks unbelievable. Mike Tyson's in shape. 
He looks unbelievable. And Roy Jones got knocked clean out of the ring in his last fight. So I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I could, if they're legal betting on this because it may not be sanctioned. But if there is, I am betting all my money on Mike Tyson because the dude looks unreal. All right, all right. Now let's get into the real beats of the week. Let's win some people some money. I'll start. Uh, I have Seattle to win the NFC, so they represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, plus 490 right now. Uh, I've been talking shit about their defense, but like I said, they've kind of woken up a little bit, and now that they have a pass rush, it completely changes the dynamic of their bad pass coverage. So I I think that Seattle to win the NFC, plus 490. uh, Those future bets are tough to get, but that's a a pretty good one. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. That was one of my picks before the season started. I, yeah, before the season started, yeah. I, had, I had the Seahawks going to the Super Bowl. So uh, I, I don't hate you on that one at all. The Seahawks are a good team, top to bottom. They don't really have a whole ton of holes. Well, a whole ton of holes. A lot of holes, unless it's on the defensive side, which they got, they are getting better at. So I don't, I, don't, I don't hate that one at all. I'll stick with football for my next one. Bears right now are plus 8.5 spread against the Packers. Um, I think that's a very doable one, like you said. They're, the Packers' defense is nothing special. I think they win by 10 at least. Yeah, then, then, then they would not cover. But what? Or are you talking the Packers win by 10? Yeah. So if, if the Bears, so plus 8.5 spread means the Bears would have to lose by less than 8.5 points. Oh, so no, I, th- I, I, th- I, I don't agree with you there. Yeah, it's minus 115. I think the only reason why I'm behind that because I think Cleo Mack will get to Aaron Rodgers a lot easier because I don't think Bakhtiari is still playing because he's hurt. Um, but they So I think that could have hurt him a little bit, but... Either way, I, I trust the Bears' defense to keep it a low-scoring game. They're not going to win just because they can't put up points, but I do think they cover. That was rude of you for bringing up math when you know math is not my best subject. <laughs> I you got make me you. look stupid in front of the bench warmers, and now I actually look stupid in front of the bench warmers. Um, but I'll, I'll stay. Mine's another football one. It's another future. Uh, Florida to win the SEC right now is plus 230. Mm-hmm. It might sound stupid, but you got to look at how Kyle Trask has been playing. I mentioned it early on in this episode, but he's been on another level the past few weeks, uh, and Florida's been scoring a lot of points recently. So Florida win the SEC plus 230. They have the offense to compete with Alabama. they just got to be able to slow down that nuclear fa- powerhouse, and they don't have uh, Waddle anymore. And that, He was a yeah. huge factor in the Florida-Alabama uh, game already this season. So I, I like Florida win the SEC plus 230. Yeah, but I, like, I do like that. I don't know if I trust um, Florida yet. I'm a, maybe a few more weeks and I'll trust them, but Alabama is a very, very good team top to bottom. Shout out Charlie for being a punter over there as well. Bombing kicks and, and for the brand over there. But I'll, since we talked about it a little bit, but not a whole lot, uh, college basketball is back this week. I know I will be watching on Wednesday, probably not Thursday because I watch footballs on, on Thanksgiving, but Wednesday and Friday I definitely will be watching. There's a lot of great games. Um, the most notable one is uh, Kansas playing Gonzaga. To, I believe it's a top 10 matchup. Uh, right now, Kansas is a plus 140 against Gonzaga. I don't trust Gonzaga yet, uh, especially against tougher teams like Kansas, the Dukes, and North Carolinas of that nature. Gonzaga usually struggles against. Yes, they run through their conference, but when they play these tougher teams, they're usually a toss-up, especially when it's the first game of the year as well. So I do like Kansas. It's plus 140. I think this should have been about even odds, about minus 110, minus 115 each. I think that's how most of the weekend is, but either way, I do like Kansas to beat Gonzaga. It's a pretty weird uh, line for the – we didn't finish last season and nobody knows what anybody's going to look like this year. Uh, Christian, Marissa, Brady, I don't speak for my co-host. I know you guys are big Gonzaga fans. Hey, I so like Adam Morrison. I like Gonzaga. Go Zags, but, but, but – Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm sticking with college, fo- college sports for my last one. It's another college football one. 
North Carolina to beat Notre Dame plus 148. I still think Notre Dame has the liability of slipping up one week and losing a game that they shouldn't lose. North Carolina, Sam Howell is good. Um, so plus 148, try and win, win yourself some money and let's get Clemson back in the college football playoff and have them play Miami in the ACC championship. I don't need Notre Dame the first year that they play in the ACC to win the conference. Yeah, I agree. I do think it would be better for Clemson to win that division or win the ACC, that's for sure. Um, that, that's going to be f- fantastic. I mean, all you picked all three um, conference winners, right? Is that or No, that's just North Carolina to upset Notre Dame. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Plus 148. Okay, gotcha. Um, so for my last one, I'll stick college basketball. I think this is the best college basketball game of the week um, just because both these programs are very, very storied. Well, actually, not one of them is very storied. The other one is still on the rise, but they were good in the early 2000s, and that's Illinois versus Duke. Um, Duke is not returning a lot of – they're returning some players, but they don't have as good of a recruiting class as they usually do. Mm-hmm. So I like Illinois right now, plus 110 to beat them. Illinois is returning a lot of starters. I think this is an upset watch. Duke usually does not – or Duke does not have the high talent that they usually have, like the Zions, the R.J. Barretts they've had in years past. And Illinois is returning a lot of starters. Illinois would have been and had a deep run, in my opinion, in the – tournament last year if it did play, take place so I, I take I'm taking Illinois to beat Duke plus 110 it's a very big upset first game or I think it's Duke's second game of the year because they are in a tournament playing style but I'm yeah. taking Illinois yeah I mean Duke doesn't lose too much in the beginning of the season especially in the tournaments but uh, I don't hate that because since Zion left they haven't been where they were mm-hmm. they're not as much of a lock picking them yeah they're not they're say. not a lock Illinois is a very game team like I said with a lot of returners um, I think it's going to be a very, very good game. And that's what you want out of these first couple games. All right. That's that's the beats of the week. Get get your money in. Try and win some money back for us. And, and like we say every week, tip your dealer. If you win some money off of one of our beats, you know, throw, throw a slight percentage that our or, or Or definitely go hit the like and subscribe yeah, button. Yeah, I mean, tell that, us. I'll, I'll, I, I would like to get paid in attention. And comment under so. our post. Either we lost your money and yell at us or hype us up for helping you out. Either subscribe, one. rate, review, and subscribe and ring the notifications and comment on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's that's your warning. Now, let's, yeah, let's get into our uh, beat or our... Benchwarmer. Our, our benchwarmer of the week yeah. that we started with last week. Very interesting one. I have a funnier one, so I'll let you start because yours is kind of depressing. Micah Jordan is my benchwarmer of the week. You not only gave up a sack, but you also made the injury on your fucking quarterback worse by rolling into him and you're moving your 320-pound ass all over his leg and then deciding, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. Fuck you. Bullshit. You ruined my football season, and I hope you get cut. Honestly, because that was as bad a football offensive line play as I've seen for a long time. Yeah, now, let's lighten it up now. Okay, my bench warmer of the week, absolute straight comedy on draft night. RJ Hampton, if you're watching, with the 24th pick, the Bucks originally had the pick. They traded to New Orleans in the um, Drew Holiday deal, which New Orleans then <laughs> traded to Denver. So basically, I mean, it's weird because the NBA does it how um, they don't announce the. They announced that, the trade. They announced the trade, but they still have it on the screen with the original team that had the trade. So originally, RJ Hampton was given a Bucks hat, and Whoops. his dad took the hat and threw it against the wall. But wait, it gets better. His uncle was on the ground searching through all the hats and took him about five minutes to try to find the Nuggets hat. And Denver, it, and, and Denver, it, it, like Denver. not Denver, not Denver, not Denver. Oh, maybe I guess throw the Bucks hat on until we can find the Denver hat. They had to do that. That's just straight comedy. I love seeing those little draft moments, especially when it's um, at home and in the guy's own home. But are the Nuggets in Denver or Utah? Uh, Den- know, Denver. Yeah. Get Den- the kid the right hat. Yeah. He's got drip. He 
he had a sick outfit, but get the dude the right hat. NBA players always go hard for the draft. I, I don't fault them for their outfits. Uh, all right, player of the week and then play of the week because we got to kind of get on our horse and wrap this up. Okay, I'll, I'll start player of the week. I know we both are player of the weeks from the same team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, two, 348 yards and two TDs. Dude's an absolute animal. Like you said, he's, he's LeBron of the NFL. You don't know if he's going to win the MVP, but he should win it basically every year. Yeah, uh, 127 of those 300 yards passing went to my player of the week. Travis Kelsey had eight receptions and the game-winning touchdown. Uh, so, you know, you're a basketball guy. He, he called game there. He called got, game. Got him the, and Derek Henry both called game yeah, this weekend. Uh, but he's been having – it's more for the last couple weeks that he's had. He had a down midseason, and then after the bye, he's come back and, you know, just – Kind of balled out of balled out of control, and he's he's going to be a reason why they're in Super Bowl contention again. All right, my play of the week. I'll start off. Nick Chubb, rocking mainly because he's rocking no sleeves, no no gloves, just hand tape in the in the rain. He also picked up a defensive tackle on one of his runs and threw him. He's he's a hundred like a two hundred pound running back picked up a three hundred pound defensive tackle and was like, yeah, no, you're not tackling me. That's fine. Yeah, a complete football guy move, not wearing... I mean, for a running back, it makes sense not wearing gloves in the rain or whatever it may be, but a complete football, football guy move. No sleeves, and then tape fingers. He taped his fingers. I don't know why, but he did. Know. It is what it is, but my play of the week is very easily... Um, this guy basically saved the whole game for the Denver Broncos, and that's Justin Simmons. Um, he called game two, technically, with a block at the end, like Bam Adebayo did in the bubble, but yep. he, uh, he intercepted right at the end of the game Fitzpatrick, threw one in the end zone... Probably would have been a touchdown. Got to put more mustard on it, man. Got to yeah. put, got to put more mustard if, on if, that pass. If Simmons wasn't a ball hawk and wasn't able to get that, the Broncos would have tied the game, or the Dolphins would have tied the game, and the Broncos probably would have lost that. If we're being honest, because Melvin Gordon is an idiot and fumbles on the one yard line, which is absolutely ridiculous. Probably could have sealed the game, but you fumble and you gave the um, Dolphins no chance. And luckily, Justin Simmons is a great ball hawk defender, and he was able to seal the game for the Broncos. Justin Simmons, I think, is the best pass coverage safety. Uh, the other safeties that get put ahead of him are the more of the hybrid where you can play down in the box. Simmons doesn't really do that. They don't really ask him to, but he is a very good. He's a he's like a Ed Reed type ball hawk. He just doesn't make as many plays up in the box. He's not Ed Reed's level yet, but he's he's shown his spurts and he's playing very well. He's the anchor of that Broncos defense right now, especially with Von Hurt. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting what they do because they're going to have to pay him at some point yep. coming up. Mm-hmm. But he's also been a great guy in the community, so I I have no problem losing this. I think I won Player of the Week last week, so you can have Player of the Week this time because mm-hmm. um, he's he's a great guy. I, I like Justin Simmons a lot. Hopefully, they get him to stick around um, because he makes watching Broncos games fun. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's going to wrap up our segments for the week. Uh, we'll go ahead and get all the plugs in here. Be sure to stay tuned for the Dust City podcast. You missed them last week, but I think they will be back. This week, uh, talk about golf after us on the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow us on our social medias at FEOTB Pod. You can find a link tree to everything else that we do. I've been posting it stupidly, putting out our social media <laughs> handles individually instead of just putting the link. But I'm going to start putting the link tree. So go ahead, follow us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave a like, ring the notification bell, and comment on what you thought we said was stupid. Uh, find our, our dumbass moment and, and go ahead and let us know about it on listening platforms. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review. This, like we say it every week, and it gets monotonous, but it does help. It's like the, one of the main ways that you can help uh, the podcast move move forward as we're trying to get this thing going. 
Um, so be sure to do that. It, it seems stupid, seems like it doesn't matter, but it does. It matters a lot. We're growing rapidly, man. Like we said, we, we, you can listen to us on basically any platform you want to. If you're more of a YouTube guy, go over there. If you're more of an Apple guy, go there. If you're a Spotify guy, whatever. If you like radio, listen to us and then listen to the rest on his network. Whatever it may be, there's so many great things. And one more other thing also, um, Jimmy is on the Air Raid Air Raid Attack show this week. He's going to be recording tomorrow as we're recording this. Um, so be on the lookout for that. So that's going to be a lot of fun to listen to as well. Lots of football talk. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm excited for that one. Friday hey, morning, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Be sure to look out NFL Unhinged show as well on Sunday. I'm going to be coming in with some straight firepower because of my beautiful picks this week. So you're going to want to look out for that too. So. And I'll be back. I'll be hosting it. So your Sam Ponder returns. Nico said he's the better looking one of the two. Let us know that in the comments as well. Who's better looking of the two of us? I don't know. Uh, but with that, this has been Fire in the Bench, episode 16. When we'll see you next week. Peace. This is a dollar bill piece. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the beat. Elephants are getting mad at me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I got the shooters, they all but the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Play like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy, I'm everywhere. Sticking up for nigga, let that music like I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out the nine and I say.